What's up, everybody? Episode 175 of Staggered Stance, formerly the Nick and Matt Show. I don't know how long we'll say that. Maybe till the beginning of the season. I'm joined Maybe. right now by Nick and Ben and Josh. Evan's going to join at some point. We have guests lined up. Uh, Tristan Tanner. We got Alden Harris and possibility of a phone call from Juliana Corver on the other side of the planet right now. She got her 250th win. That is epic. Um, how's everybody doing tonight? It's the like post expo blues. I don't know how to say that, but we've all been really busy. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Success? Success. We're doing good. I'm doing great. I'm happy. It was a success. All right. We'll we'll talk. Yeah, how's the uh, come down feeling? Like Jonathan Poole was talking about, just that feeling after a, running a massive event. How's the feeling nowadays? I I don't know. It's like. I, it was, it kind of was like a flash in a pan. Like Disc Golf World just released a video about the expo, which is incredibly done. If you want to go check that out already, so he filmed that like Saturday Sunday. It's already out. All you guys are featured in it, and nice. watching that made me realize like, wait, this was actually really cool. But during the expo, my brain was everywhere. So I don't know if I've really come down yet, but I've also. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know. My brain's still scattered, but it was incredible. And shout out to everyone that came out. I'm over the moon. So maybe I still haven't come out yet. We're we're gonna revisit that in just a second. I want to give a shout out to one of your vendors who are there. Yep. Disc Golf Nine Seven Eight. So Disc Golf Nine Seven Eight. If you were at the expo, you saw a lot of what they had to offer as far as like products go incredible trailer with the TVs mounted to it for like tournament central where you can watch live scoring on your friends after you finished your round, you can see where it's at. Um, but their give back to the community is always something that drives me to be so inspired by what they're doing. In fact, you remember they were donating um, $5 for every disc purchase to Eagles, uh, Eagle McMahon's charity of choice. I think I mentioned this number last week, right? It was somewhere near 500. We still have uh, the, a couple days left here to finish out the um, in-store purchase of the Lost and Found disc. Now, if you're just hearing this for the first time, go run over there, but also know that the selling of these Lost and Found discs, I wanna be very clear. This is after 90 days of attempting to contact the owner. They don't make a dollar off of this. It always goes to charity or a school. What they do is incredible. Um, Nick, it's been a little while since you saw them. What was your time like hanging out there? It was awesome getting to hang out with the owners and all the people that are involved with Disc Golf 978 and seeing all the people that are wearing their custom apparel that they have. You know, uh, Matt, you were actually wearing some of the Staggered Stance gear, the one of one collector items that you have right now. Disc Golf 978 set that up perfectly. Um, we've been able to form such a great relationship with them, being able to hang out. And then I uh, kind of was able to hook up Scott and Disc Golf 978 with some of the Kratos that were left over. And so they had those this weekend as well on Sunday. Um, pretty, pretty awesome time. It, it was well worth the 24 to 30 hours that I was in Massachusetts. Uh, it was definitely nice to be up there. You, you flew shout, up, out, shout out to Ben Kenny. You flew up, I flew up into a snowstorm and then out yep. back down to Florida. That was yeah, pretty epic. I literally, I, I flew up Saturday morning, was a couple hours late, but ended up making it out there. Saw everyone that I wanted to see. Um, and then flew back Sunday night. Mm -hmm. I got into town back here in Brooksville around one in the morning. And then, uh, yeah, right back to work on the course. So, uh, but I do want to give a quick little shout out because we actually just kind of set up this interview. But uh, Paul Macbeth was also at this expo. A lot of featured guests there, Paul Macbeth being one of them. We are actually going to talk live with Paul Macbeth 
around eight o'clock. Thank you for so saying that. That is that. literally Sweet. breaking news to me in some ways. I mean, me I knew it was a possibility, <laughs> but let's just announce it live. Um, so that's fantastic. And just a reminder, use the code we love nine seven eight because we do, but hopefully that's what you come to learn as well. We love nine seven eight get a percentage off. It also lets them know more than the percentage off because they're already doing rock bottom prices as low as, as the manufacturers allow them to do. You're going to get a little bit off of that from a discount, but it also lets them know that you listen to our show and that what we're doing matters to their support as well. Uh, free shipping and everything. We could go on and on. Thank you, Disc Golf 978, for presenting this episode. So uh, we talked a little bit about the expo. I think everybody who went to it was blown away. Uh, are you able to disclose any idea of numbers, Ben? Like, you you know how many tickets you sold, I'm assuming. Or you haven't done that. This was a I, day off. I, yeah, I saw, Yeah, I slept a lot today. <laughs> um, no, yeah. F uh, we had at least 1,500 people the first day, at least 500 people in line out the door. 1,500 the first day? Yeah. 500 wow. people were in line at 10 a.m. Mm. It was crazy. It was around the perimeter of the whole entire parking lot. And we definitely got at least two thousand, but I have to get more numbers. Sure, um, that's it was all around. That's a success. great success. Yeah, it was crazy. I found out something at this expo that I didn't know, Ben. You've been holding out on everybody. What? Ben has a significant <laughs> other. Um, shout out Olivia yep. or Liv or all the nicknames I'm sure you yep. have for her. Liver is my main liver. nickname for her. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> you love your liver. Um, exactly. So. <laughs> that's funny so she's like really helpful there she was r running quote running around doing a lot of things helping you out there but i found out because someone like whispered or kind of shouted me out a little bit as i walked out of a door They're like i listen to you i watch you every week and i was like oh like thanks you know great and she's like i'm ben's girlfriend's mom or something right and i was like oh i'm definitely giving you a shout out and i met uh, her dad as well George. weekly listeners and viewers it's amazing to find yeah. out the people who watch They're us awesome. i'm like this is fantastic yeah. oh. we love it yeah i, I swear mean, all of ben's family are like half of our viewers at this point <laughs> they all came up and were saying hi shout out to ben's parents they're just yes. such incredibly nice people um Thank they were you. so ecstatic to finally get to meet everyone and uh yeah it just hey. I mean, there's no way I'll get this this right, so whatever, but like Adam, Dave, 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 I met three Daves, <laughs> Aiden, super yes. listener, Ethan, Ken, Paul, there were other names. Like I it it's exciting to uh, meet and talk with people. It was really, really great. Yes. Absolutely. Uh Rudy. I met a Rudy. Um and as well as all of the other cool people, vendors, right? Uh gate gatekeeper, every a fantastic time it's a great place to be and hang out so there you go we had the pleasure of getting to hang out with robbie c all weekend he was in the yeah. booth next to us so shout out to robbie c wicked cool dude had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times now but also joe from another round and uh we were able to just really talk about uh content creation in the world of disc golf and i honestly goodness i think for the next two hours we can honestly talk about the experience of the expo but uh i don't know if we're leaning in that direction we'll keep going with it if not then I'll well, I'll just, over. I'll summarize just something <laughs> brief. And then I know we've got lots of topics today with a full slate of interviews also, but um, obviously an expo is for people to right show their stuff, sell things, right? There's an entire economical aspect to it, which makes sense. But I think the disc golf community, there are other places like this, but there's a unique aspect of community. There were plenty of people there. Like you get caught up in the hype, but not just the hype of like getting the exclusive drops, which by the way is pretty cool. Yeah, it's right? awesome. But 
but the hype of like they're just like everybody here is like excited about disc golf people meeting each other talking with people people who are not disc golf fans but came with a significant other who i think were like blown away right and they're like this is the best thing ever so um i would say not that you need our encouragement but even in the future if you're like oh i don't need to go to an expo where they're going to try to sell me something don't even worry about that just come enjoy the disc golf the community, community. Awesome. yeah I'll, I'll say this one thing like nick saying that i didn't realize how much disc golf i don't know royalty and power i guess was in that room that i brought together like Macbeth, simon jp big germ you guys uh, will shushrick <laughs> will shushrick was, yeah didn't US even know he was gonna be there i totally fanboyed over will shushrick really i saw him walking yeah. by i was like mid-conversation with the neptune guys and see will shushrick walk by i was like guys i gotta go for a second i gotta go say hi like that, that's yeah. my guy it was awesome um so yeah i guess i'm very grateful for everyone that showed up and it was incredible and thank you for making my dreams come true and making my stress and nerves all worth it that line alone even though i didn't really get to enjoy it because i had to scan you all in um, it was uh unfathomable really i don't even know how to de describe it i'm gonna be showing that video for the rest of my life so thank you awesome good work very cool stuff uh, moving into other topics before we get to uh probably about eight eight minutes or so from now we'll bring in alden um but before we get to that let's talk a little bit about some social media showing that Kristen tatar is sponsored by porsche estonia now i grew up saying porsche what's the difference between porsche and porsche by the way anything is it just an accent if you if you know what it actually is you say porsche okay Yes. Well, okay. Oh, well, we can debate this whole thing, uh, which is a whole nother. I've got a different. If you on own that. one, maybe if, that's it's, a, look, it's a German you company. One, you say it's a German company. So obviously, yes, if you speak German, you would say like Porsche, but I'm not German. I'm American. And uh -oh. we tend to not say those E's. In fact, we don't even have a sound in the English language that represents that. Uh, so let's bring on Andrew I say Zimmern, Porsche, Nick, and let's ask him how to say I, certain yeah. words. I, well, I know, yeah, and, and I so I say Porsche, but um, how, you, you know, you don't speak the German version of Volkswagen or BMW, right? <laughs> Volkswagen. Volkswagen. No, they don't Volkswagen. even say Volkswagen. They say like Wuvifa. Actually, I hope Simon's yes, listening. they don't right say now. the whole. They yeah, don't yeah. say the whole. Well, he's an Volkswagen. Audi guy. If they did, it'd be no. Like, but I hope he's listening. You can tell us if it's oh, like yeah, sound yeah, yeah, if yeah. it's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't like BMW. Yeah. Is like he's judging. Yeah, yeah, BMW. he's judging we yeah. did that okay so also this we'll talk a little bit more about that but coming from the expo we did a live in-person <laughs> recording for an episode which involved judge that disc golfer live with people in our in our presence simon joined in for a quiz and trivia game all this was live with an audience fantastic we're going to put that up at the end of the week uh but back to this Kristen tatar she is like and i say this with reservation because my wife is the queen like i call her the queen but like in disc golf <laughs> in disc golf she comes across as like the queen of disc golf now i don't know if you get that feeling she's wearing she, these dresses all this designer clothes standing there with a porsche it's like her thing on it like how does that make you feel to see this now i know it's not like yeah. porsche international but like this is still something like what's your reaction when you see this look if the local honda dealership wanted to sponsor me hopefully accurate i'm an accurate guy but if they wanted to sponsor me believe me i'd be driving that car around with pride um no kristen <laughs> yes. right now i was literally just talking about with you know talking about this with people that were at the course earlier is she's like the most perfect marketable player right now in the fpo division she's dominant she's level-headed she doesn't blow up on the course you don't see 
you know, she's very reserved in her interviews and she's got just great stances on whatever she's talking about. And she's also got very, very well thought out, you know, Instagram posts and what she talks about. She's very grateful for the opportunity that she has right now in life. She's a great mother. Um, she's just all around an awesome person. And like I said, just the perfect marketable person right now for the FPO division to where, yeah, if, if I'm any company, I'm trying to sponsor Kristen Tatar. Any reactions, Josh? You don't have to call her the queen, but I mean, like, what's this persona <laughs> and this feeling that you get? Like when you see this, it's like, man, is any other player doing this? Like outside of MPO specifically, but even including MPO? No, like, uh, I mean, this is unique to her. Um, and so I agree with everything Nick said and Matt, I think what you're implying. So to be very clear, I'm all for that. But lest we just brush over everything and say it's just all perfect, um, Estonia is not a big place. So, and that's not downplaying it. I just said, I affirm everything you said, but right, there is a different like perspective there, but that's still pretty, I mean, it's still a, an entire country. So whatever, right. That's like, it's incredible. <laughs> um, and then we, we never talked about it and I don't think we need to dive into it, but I know there was some reservations from people seeing her recent sponsorship with the kind of the gambling site. But uh, at the end of the day, like, yes, marketable, but not just marketable. I think all of us feel like for the right reasons, right? She's representing what we want to have our sport represent. And that's pretty awesome. So congrats to her. And like, yeah, big fan. Love, love it. So I bring up this and you mentioned the size of it. And you got to go back to European Open major when Ford sponsored the event. And everybody loses their mind for a little bit when that first was announced. And it is big and you see the Ford logo and that's as big as Ford is. But then you hear a little bit more about it and you say, okay, again, it's the smaller, it's one of the Ford outlets there. It's not Ford proper. Uh, but I, as Nick said, man, if I get Ford and I'm able to wear Ford or I was able to wear Porsche or have a Porsche because they were sponsoring me, even if it was one uh, sales place, like I'm happy and I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. So again, we're offering a staggered stance here. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Any, any thoughts, Ben, before we move on? You just agree? Yeah, I just think it's so cool that she's one of the, like, the most uh, prominent people in Estonia that, you know, that people can look up to. I think it's cool and uh, really special. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time, but let's give it. Let's give it the time that it deserves. And if Alden jumps in, we'll we'll cut it off short here. But uh, Boy Scouts of America, Boy Scouts are a thing that I was never a part of. I think I probably would have enjoyed it. The idea of learning to be a good person, live, you know, in the wilderness, whatever, right? All the cool Start stuff. Start a fire with Start, rubbing yeah. sticks together. Cook, eat, whatever. Live in the like, yeah. Crazy. And we Nick. should ask the fans of you know of the show of anybody on the show who do you think like would actually have been a good Boy Scout well, or so, was a good Boy right. Scout. So I said right there well, I wasn't. So now we I know you gave Josh, yourself away. Uh, Josh, Nick, Nick in, include Evan in the mix. Evan or Ben? Yeah. So Boy Scout. my uh, <laughs> my dad's an Eagle Scout, and I don't think you say was an Eagle Scout because I think technically they're <laughs> always, always an Eagle Scout like after always that. that. So Scout, my dad I'm was sure. actually a pretty high up Eagle Scout when I was growing up in Millbury, Mass. Uh, he was our troop leader uh, when I was growing up doing Cub Scouts. My brother and I were both involved in it. I think my brother made it to the lower level of Boy Scouts, but then we moved towns and we didn't pursue it after that. The atmosphere of it wasn't really the same, and we started getting into more sports and stuff like that. But I did Cub Scouts growing out, growing up, absolutely, absolutely loved it. 
and we went on multiple uh trips with the cub scouts and the boy scouts i used to always tag along for the boy scout stuff because my dad was one of the troop leaders and uh it was awesome growing up it was a great time and definitely it was enjoyable but like i said just got to a point where i didn't get to pursue it anymore but yeah dad did so so how far did you make it uh i made it maybe to weeblos which is i think the last <laughs> level of cub scouts yeah weeblos i think it's I a don't type even of know bird. what that is but so the answer to my question is nick right and Everybody, the chat yeah. is saying yeah. evan 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 would be a I good could see boy evan, scout. evan would have been my guess yeah <laughs> maybe evan was i need to send him a text uh, right. i was gonna say we don't know right i actually yeah. didn't like, ask him yeah. Yeah. evan's like yeah. Russell fiction from, from up well, let's so evan we think but matt keep on going what is the main yes. reason so here's why we brought all this great topic up on boy yeah. scouts is because there's something called the merit badge and i was not a boy scout so i've gotten that out of the way but the merit badge as i understand it from out my little review is that it's a it's an achievement that can be accomplished but there's regulation and guidelines to it that actually have to be somewhat either graded or verified that there's an understanding or an accomplishment has been completed it's not just a hey i like disc golf but there's now a merit badge for disc golf i think it's the it, did they say it's the golf merit badge so it could be golf or is it disc golf specifically yes there's a golf merit badge and there's two options okay you can you either go. do what we call what we call ball golf traditional golf or mm -hmm. disc golf so there's two two options in there right yeah and there's like there's like over 130 potential options so the boy scouts offer a pretty wide range but um i don't know i think it's pretty cool i know we're not going to go read through them but if you're curious go look at the requirements to earn that merit badge and uh i bet somebody who earns that merit badge will know more about proper disc golf and etiquette and form and in the history of the game yeah, ben i might argue to say more than like 80 percent of the people who showed up to your expo because that like uh, we should actually here all go for like our merit badge and see if we can pull that off. <laughs> That'd be a nice it, cool it, YouTube it looks, video. It looks pretty amazing. <laughs> Honestly, it's actually pretty cool because yeah. you have to study the history. You have to yeah. know the etiquette. You've got to recite all these, you know, different um, PDGA, you know, things about the sport and whatever. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, you just mentioned that. It's like, tell about the six areas of courtesy. And I'm like, well, I can talk about courtesy, but like to like quiz or be tested on it. Like, I don't know if I'm listing all six or describe the seven areas of scoring. It's like, what? Like, again, I could probably do this, but I don't understand as they're describing it, but there's... we should make all of our pros. They have to earn the merit badge for a oh, it's like a citizenship. Yeah, it's yeah. like a citizen. It says, do the following, tell about the history of disc golf and why it's an inclusive game. Discuss yeah. with somebody about this. So it goes on and on. You can find this. And in fact, the PDGA posted this, um, Jay Yeti Redding, uh, Hall of Famer, yeah. big initiative driven uh, largely in part by him, his wife, um, and others that he had listed. He tagged us in that. You know, I think he wanted us to get the news out there, and we're happy to do that. It's an incredible achievement through Edge is a part of that as well. Um, I think what we should do is quiz Alden on these rules and see if he'd make a good Boy Scout. And I see him in our green room shaking his head. Please, no. <laughs> but, no, that's my point. Like, this yeah. is like these Boy Scouts who do this are going to up the... Well, their, their knowledge above us. And yeah, and I know we're transitioning here, but again, yes, the Reddings have done so much over the years. This is literally just like one more thing that they've done. And that's awesome. Um, people like continuing to invest like that. Maybe Alden was a Boy Scout. All right. No, I don't know. Let's see. Let's, let's go ahead. You're all set to bring him in, Ben? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Into the interview with Alden Harris, everybody. Let's bring him in. Boom. 
There you go. What's up, Alden? How are you doing, man? Uh-oh. We have not done this in a long time. For some reason, you're still muted. <clears throat> um, but I know you're not muted, but it's treating you like you're muted. But this is old school Nick and Matt. We just brought it into Stagger's stance, Dang apparently. It. My recommendation would be just to close out the browser and, and pop back in. You can go back to four up for a second. See ben. you later. And I almost, and I almost, I was so close during all this. I'm like, I'm seeing him in there. He's hearing us. I was almost like, dude, just like snap your fingers or something so I can hear you. Uh, we've been doing pretty good with that. Um, but I'm going to ask him, Boy Scouts or not, what do you guys think? This is a judge that disc golfer game. Um Let's see. Let, I'm going to say, yeah. Can you can you no, clap your hands or something, no. Alden? Okay, good. Ooh, Let's yeah. bring him in. Uh, we hear it. We hear it. <laughs> Perfect. So bring him in. All right. All right. Guess we need a new intern is what we're right, really Am I here? Yeah, you're here. You are here. You're Sweet. here. So there's a weird glitch sometimes with this where if somebody, and it's not your fault, but if somebody mutes themselves and unmutes, sometimes it doesn't unmute. Uh, we were just playing a so game. It is my fault. Uh, maybe. It's the, it's the software <laughs> fault. If we were to judge you and, and try to figure out if you were a Boy Scout, um, if I say no, does everybody here say no? Or does anybody say yes? He was a Cub Scout. Cub Scout? No. I kind of want to say yeah. No, no. All right. No. Well, we got a little bit of everything in there. Uh, Alden, were you a Boy Scout? I was not. All right. Any desire no. to be? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even know much about it, so I don't know. Okay. Well, you're a professional disc golfer and you've made headlines recently with your change over to Disc Mania. Uh, I'm actually going to pass this over to Josh. He's got some questions for you, and I'm sure we'll jump in here too. But Josh is a great addition to our show, and I think you know him, TD of the U.S. Junior Disc Golf Championship. Yes, that's so, right. All right, you can ask him questions too. But Josh, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, TD of that event that you won, and like, hey, I just felt a small tick of pride. I didn't earn anything, but in your Disc Mania announcement video, it it uh, it put in there some of your past um, accomplishments. And that was one of them. And I was like, yes, we, yes, we, we did that. So anyway, so congrats. I love the new sweatshirt disc mania. Um, I want to jump right in and say, right. So sponsorships, obviously there are two parties agreeing, right. That there's value for both sides of the equation, right? So you're finding value moving to disc mania and clearly they're finding value. Often we account for that in the dollars and cents, right? We're always curious what the deals are, but more generally, I want to ask you like, what do you feel like you're getting from moving to Discmania? And then I'd like to hear you elaborate on what do you feel like they're getting by picking you up? Okay, R sorry, what was the first question? What, what's the value for you in moving to Discmania? Yeah, I think one of the main things I was looking at when Discmania had their offer was just how, I've just seen over the years how good they are at marketing their players. And I think that's probably the main reason. Obviously my buddies are over there too, but ultimately, I just thought it was the best best move for me, best company to go to. All right. And then so how about Discmania? Why are they willing to pick you up? Well, it's a good question. You may have to ask them, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think they they the the tricky thing with me is that a lot of a lot of companies value just my YouTube and they kind of just put aside my disc golf skill, which is disc golf is ultimately my passion. That's where I want to put all my time. I, I enjoy YouTube, but it's not not uh, above disc golf to me, but uh, Disc Mania was very clear that they wanted me for my disc golf skill. And the YouTube was, you know, obviously a bonus, but it was definitely secondary to them, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So I find that interesting because that was one of the things I've heard a lot of speculation on. And, you know, in the sponsorship world, I think there are a lot of questions of what's the perfect mixture of what it takes to be a sponsored player. Um, Cause you're, you're addressing a little bit of, 
you mentioned Discmania's marketing and kind of like their their brand per se publicly, which you know you value. Um, but then you talked a little bit about your social media. Did you have conversations with any other manufacturers where it really was all about your social media presence? Um, yes. I'm, I'm not going to say which ones, but some of them were just like 100% d just social media. That's all we really care about. Mm, which, right. which I completely understand. Mm. But yeah, no, right. But, that, wanna, yeah. but that's interesting. You didn't find that that was a, the exclusive interest um, with Discmania. Did Discmania talk about your YouTube content? with you yes yes they did um again they're they obviously are very excited to have my youtube a part of their team now but ultimately it was my disc golf that they were they were really interested in awesome well so talking about performance you actually had a pretty good year last year i don't know if you feel that way but from an outsider's viewpoint um i certainly think you did um finishing in 13th in the pro tour points um and i think you finished the season pretty strong right? Top 20 in the last eight events of the year. Um, how do you feel your performance was last year? Um, it was definitely better than the year before. And I mean, it's definitely my best year ever, but I, I don't feel like I was in contention more than like once or twice, which is really the goal for me every week. So I was having good finishes. Like I was in the top 20 the majority of the time, but you really just want to be in the top five every time. You don't really care how far down you are if you're not there. All right. So this year, do you expect that you'll finish better than last year? Um, that's definitely the goal. I, I don't know if I'd quite expect it. I, I hope I am expecting it, but um, I've definitely been putting the time and effort into it. So I, I'd hope I'd hope my all my practice shows, and I'll be able to be in contention more for sure. Do you think there's anything in particular? So you talked about practice and effort, and obviously you can't make a guarantee on your performance. I understand that, but do you feel like there's anything that's different this year that? Uh, at least in your mind, might give you that half a step or a step up from your past years? Is there anything new, different, any new practice routines, focus? Yes, I think <clears throat> I think the main thing, strictly from like a disc standpoint, my the distance driver lineup I have available now is just like blown me away. Just the consistency of it, how far it goes and the stability of it. So I think that's what I'm most excited for. And I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know if it's a gain strokes or lose strokes. What's the proper term? <laughs> I, I never that's, know. That's like, that, yeah. that's like, do you turn up the refrigerator or turn it down to go colder? I don't know. So there you go. You're well, going to do better. I'll save, I'll save strokes. Yeah, you'll do better. That, that's the yeah. right term. Yeah. Yeah. Fewer throws total, right? At the end of the day. Yes. Um, awesome. So did... At the end of the day, you're obviously going to look out for yourself, which is what you should do as you uh, continue your career, right? And performance and, you know, set your expectations. But did your, I'm sure your friend group is broader than many of us know, but we see your close friends as highlighted in your vlogs. Did they have any influence on your actual landing at Discmania? And when I say influence um, in all different ways, either your personal interest or Discmania, or was, was that part of the conversation or is this just you alone? It's... I mean, I think going into the off season, I was, I was looking, I was, I was really just looking for the best offer for me. And Discmania happened to be the best offer, both like money wise and just, just the company and team wise. So uh, it, it just really worked out very well for me. I think it was it kind of everything, everything just came together perfectly. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Matt, Ben, or Nick, anything you want to add? If not, I'll follow mm -hmm. up with a few more things, but I'll let you get a word in if you'd like. 
I don't know if I have the right place to ask this now, but if we're transitioning a little bit from the the changing of, you know, companies and your performance, I, I find that awesome and interesting, you know, that so many people talk about your social media. And as Josh pointed out, sneaky, the chat's going off on sneaky good. Like, how does that feel for you? Because when you came into the tour, you were trying hard and you and we knew who you were and you probably weren't getting the finishes that you wanted. But after seeing last year, do you feel like, I'm finally getting recognition or do you feel like you're not getting the recognition that you feel like you deserve? I, I still don't really feel like I get the recognition I deserve, I guess. I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like most people see me as a social media guy still when that's, I mean, obviously it's not a, not a horrible thing, but I'd like, like eventually for people to see me as the, the disc offer. Okay. Well, it might not help, but when you swing through town in Maple Hill, you come into studio and you set up a little sticker in the back that says Alden and <laughs> Gannon show. And it's like, man, you can do it all. Uh, what do you think? You don't have to give us your opinion on staggered stance, the new rebrand, but if staggered stance is the new name and you come into town again, what's the parody that you're going to do this time? Like straddle, I don't punt? Know, maybe straight, not straddled, straddled stance. I don't know. Straight, straight. <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to figure something out. The X step. No, I don't know. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> uh, anybody else, Ben or Nick? Ben. Yeah, I'll kind, of, I'll kind of jump into it. Uh, I guess realistically going into the 2024 season, it's a whole <laughs> new year and you're coming off what I think a lot of people would consider a successful 2023 season, but now that you're switching disc manufacturers, what is kind of the next step in elevating your game to be in contention every week or maybe to pull out some qualifier events or some elite series events and maybe even possibly a major major this year? Yeah, so a big thing, my little friend group, like specifically, we're staying at Airbnbs this year. It's me, Gannon, and Gavin, and Isaac. And then Ezra's, he has his wife, so he's uh, usually at like a host home, but he'll probably join in too. But we're, we're gonna try to do two sessions of field work every week in, in replacement of practice rounds just because practice rounds are obviously beneficial but at this point they're it's pretty much all the same courses we played throughout the year so we know them very well so we think it's probably going to be more beneficial just to dial in throws just repetitions throughout the week rather than playing the actual course and what are you focusing on when you go out to field work because a lot of amateur players and a lot of lower tier professionals you know field work is one of the most boring ways to practice um practice putting is pretty enjoyable but field work itself when you throw 10 15 20 discs and then you have to walk all the way and go pick them up what are you focusing on though when you are doing field work um i mean it really depends on the day uh right now i have like a like monday i do this tuesday i do this and so on but during the season it's really just whatever I guess feels off or what I feel like the course we're playing that week requires. So it just kind of goes, uh, I guess, session by session. Gotcha. Makes sense. I'll ship it back over to you, Josh. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So what are you most looking forward to this year on the tour? I realize that's a broad question, but uh, with sponsorship changes, you just talked about arrangements with Airbnb, maybe it's a particular event. Um, is there anything that stands out to you? Um, you know, those of us who often think it'd be fun to be out there on the tour, I think we also realize there's a grind aspect to it, but what are you most looking forward to? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just most looking forward to it starting. I feel like I've been yeah. sitting here <laughs> at waiting home and for, waiting. So, for so long, but, um, I'm definitely excited to switch over to Airbnbs cause I've been living in the van touring for three years now. And during the summer, it's like, 100 degrees in the van and there's nothing you can do about it you just have to kind of suffer through it so 
I think staying in the Airbnbs with my friends, being able to just have everything we need. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a just a big step up from the last few years. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Gannon doesn't have his license yet, so you still got to drive him around, right? <laughs> Correct. And, um, and, and yeah. you don't have to throw him under the bus here because he's talked about it publicly <laughs> and all this stuff. But like, has there been... And maybe this is private, but I'm asking, has there been actual conversation about this between you guys? Like, really? Or is it kind of just fun? You're like, I don't care. Like, where is it at? No, I I think I think we mainly just make fun of him. Okay. How he doesn't have it yet. I, I don't think any of us really care. We all we all love him to death, so we don't mind him hopping in the car with us. Yeah, that's true. And then I just saw the uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour shared. I know you're not a social media guy only, but they just shared the Lego video. What a great moment that was, uh, your idea to do that and smash one of his prized Lego trophies, if you will. Um, I was just at his house a month or two ago, and I saw this video just shared this week, and I said, man, I should have looked for a Lego, because <laughs> he says they would have been there for a long time. Uh, in all seriousness, your social media revenue, because that's a thing, and you actually get good views. Do you factor that in as a business plan? Like, hey, I'm going to go buy a Lego set because I know the YouTube revenue will be compensating. Uh, yes, I've definitely, there's been a handful of videos I've like lost money on just because I, I spend money on it to make it really entertaining. Like gaining riding the horse for five minutes, that cost me like 150 bucks, but it was so worth it. <laughs> so okay. little little things like that that uh, make, make the videos better. I definitely am willing to spend money on. And before we let you go in regards to that Lego video specifically, cause it's fresh in our brains cause disc golf pro tour shared it. Is there ever a little side of you that feels bad inside while you're doing it? <laughs> like something like a prank um, on Ganon, like, or are you just like, well, the win is going to be so good here that it's worth <laughs> it. Like, that's a good question. Um, Probably not. I I probably don't feel too bad about it just because I know he thinks it's funny and everyone. Yeah, he he. I think he enjoys being pranked like that, like more than we do almost. So specifically to Gannon, no, I don't feel bad. Yeah, it's part of the vibe. So we have you just for a couple more minutes here, Alden. So uh, it's it's interesting for us to hear because clearly we're asking questions about media. You mentioned sponsors have asked you a lot about media. Um, you've acknowledged it's it's fun and important to you, but your focus is on performance, right? Like that's where you actually want to uh, really truly succeed, if we can use that term. Do you find that there's any tension between those two for you or do they complement each other? Like, does one distract you from the other? Are you able to actually pump out the vlogs, you know, week after week? Um, does that hurt your performance or like, how do you feel? Um, I don't think it really hurts my performance at all because most of the things in my videos are very like natural and organic. They just kind of happen and I pull out my phone and video them. And then there's obviously some that are planned out, but usually doesn't take away too much uh, from my play. And like, I know the year, let's see, what, what year was it? 2022, I think I did one every event. And that was that was very difficult just because, I don't know, I just felt I felt the need to absolutely have to have a video every week. So I think that year it could have taken away a little bit from my play. But then last year, at the end of the week, you know, I, I would have like video ideas, but if we didn't have time to do them, I just kind of, I just wouldn't put a video out this week. And I hate doing that, but at the end of the day, I just kind of, it just kind of happens sometimes. It's hard to hard to make a video every week. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's why I ask. It's just interesting how you've got to balance priorities 
um, based on your own right capability, ability. And at the end of the day, if something's got to give, you have to decide what. Um, and hearing your focus is on performance gives us an explanation why we might not see a video every week. And guess what? We'll survive. There's plenty of other stuff out there. there but there um, obviously, be, uh, pe people enjoy those vlogs. What was that? There will always be an Alden Gannon show every year. That's, okay. that's, that's what everyone loves. Yes. We're going to yes. go out of our way Love maybe it. to actually get you a logo made up. So it looks like the old that, school that Nick and Matt. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Yes, for sure. So yeah, Alden, you know, you see my brother with this giant beard and obviously you've got your, your hair that you take care of. So is there anything that would ever get you to like cut your hair or is that like a permanent yeah, like part that's, of you? That's so funny you ask because Gannon always tells me to cut my hair, but specifically today, he called me just to ask if he wins three pro tours this year if he could shave my head and, and the answer he did a lot, uh, absolutely not no because it's probably gonna happen yeah, that's oh, that's why right. not and uh, when he came on our last interview uh he goes man your beard's getting so big like matt are you gonna get rid of it you're looking like so he wants you to cut your hair he wants me to shave my beard it's a it's a weird thing I, he's got going I think, on i think i told him if he won three in a row he could do it but it's i'm still a little, a little anxious about that i think that's doable for him not that he cares but i would be almost down for that as long as i can raise money for a charity i'd do something like that too so <laughs> All right. Hey, so Alden, as we get as we get ready to close out, is there anything in particular that fans who have either followed you before or who are now aware of you with your transition to new sponsor? We talked about your pretty steady performance last year, and you obviously hope to make it better. Is there anything in particular, Discmania supporting or anything you do on your own, like new new discs we should watch for, other ways to go like um, support you? Yes, yes, new discs are definitely coming out, and then I know I, I know I said I. I'm not the social media guy, but I, I you know, I still love throwing in my YouTube because it's fun to do and yep. everyone enjoys it. So you can follow me there as well. Okay, awesome. Well, I think people will probably continue to follow you there because it's a lot of fun. And even though it's not direct interaction, it does feel like a way to interact with you. Um right from a you know con consumption standpoint on our end. But then when we see you out there on tour, um, I think everybody kind of wants to join in the fun club, you know, with you and Gannon. And obviously you've had other people uh, mixing in and out between Isaac and Ezra and Gavin and probably others. We'd love to see it. Um, I've got younger kids um, who also enjoy disc golf, but I guarantee you they enjoy watching your vlogs more than they do going out on the course. And so there's something to be said for that. So we need to get you out at next year's expo and uh, there will be a line of people waiting to visit you. I'm confident. Uh, I would love that. That would be so fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. All right. All right. Well, I think that's it. So Matt, what do yeah. we got? We're going to close it out. Uh, Alden, I was saying Gannon. Why was I the Alden and Gannon show? We're going to close it out, but we're so glad that you spent some time here and I'm sure we'll catch up with you more this season. We really appreciate it, Alden. Yeah, that's for sure. Thank y'all so much for having me. Peace Good out, easy. man. Thanks Good for luck. joining us. Good luck. Okay. Um, we are packed tonight, and we're excited to be packed. Not only do we have Tristan coming in just, just any second now, we also have Paul McBeth lined up and the possibility of a conversation with Juliana Corver. What a packed show this is. We do need yeah. a new intern. We'll figure that one out later. The next <laughs> intern, Ben, was on their way. Applications are officially, not officially opened. Okay. Um, before I bring in the guests, I, just, I think they probably can audibly hear me. T Tristan, if you can hear us, and I just want to make sure your camera's still working because it did go black. Uh, we can hear you, though, which is great. Um, if if not, and you feel like there's a tech issue there, go ahead and just restart your browser on that, and we'll get you in. But if you can turn on your camera, we'll bring you in. Uh, okay, so 
if it's not turning on, I don't see it on our side. I can hear him, by the way. I'm not having a conversation with myself. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he were. Um, let me try something here. Let me click this, click that. No different. Um, just close out the browser, Tristan, and use that link again, and it will get you right in. I'm sure it'll be fine, because I saw you a minute ago. Okay. Um, that's that's two times today. That's a, a, a little strike on my end, I guess, or our end. I'm not sure what happens there. We saw him when he joined, and yeah. then it got a little... I think he got a notification, and once you swipe out, it can mess things up, too. So Yeah. That's okay. That um, man, he just won, and I can't wait to ask him about it. Um, his first, or second, his second pro win. Okay. He's here. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Boom, just like that. We're going to the, the vertical interview with Tristan Tanner. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Boom. There he is. Tristan, can you... Okay, we got to unmute you now. There, unmute it, Ben. Unmute it. You muted it. It's... You it's muted not... it. Okay, there, there we go. <laughs> <We> got... <laughs> I don't know. It's I think been... we're good. It's can been you a... hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? We... Hello? <laughs> we can hear you. It's been a long weekend at the Disc Golf Expo uh, up here, and this is like the day after, and we had to set everything re back up. But this is great. You had... Congratulations, man. You're going to have to tell us all about it. I did not see a live disc golf, you know, DGN on this, but I heard that you won in a playoff at the Maricopa Open. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I beat Andrew Marweed Cong in a one hole playoff at Maricopa. Congratulations on that. My understanding is thanks to Evan is that this is your second pro win. Is that accurate as well? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, yeah. First A tier win at that too. Many congratulations, and uh, not that this is a massive deal uh, to you, but we're happy to have you on for this big first A-tier win. Tell us about how this went down. You can even walk us through it, like the the play of the tournament, um, and then how it came to the playoff, if that was exciting, and then what happened in the playoff. That'd be awesome if you could just walk us through that. Yeah, so, I mean, I know, like, regionally and kind of around the whole U.S., everyone knows about the Maricopa Open. It's one of, like, the first couple A-tiers that, like, start the year off in Arizona. And I played it, I guess it would have been in like 2020 and 2021. And then I haven't played it the past couple of years, but I know the tournament director, Sam Russ, and he's kind of texting me every year about like, oh, hey, can I get you into this event? Um, even if I like didn't sign up and I've kind of declined him the past few years. But then the Wednesday before the event, so last Wednesday, I messaged him and was like, hey, like, can you get me into this uh, Maricopa Open this year? Like, even though registration is closed. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I can get you in. And so I was kind of, like, shocked to even be playing the event. Um, and it was just kind of a last-minute thing. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, like, first round was, like, first turn around of the year. Kind of slow, weird round. Was on chase card second round. Played a decent round to get me on lead card third. And then I honestly just felt like I was out of it for most of the third round. Andrew Marweed was just playing so well. Um, and the course we were playing was kind of a shorter desert course where everyone was going to have a birdie putt on every single hole. And, you know, Andrew is the best putter in the world currently. And so just with that fact, um, he was just running away with it. He was just kind of making all the putts and going into hole 17. I was three back of him um, on the final round. And... I birdied, he double bogeyed. We go into 18, both birdie. And then, um, yeah, going to a one-hole playoff, he happened to miss a putt. He was in this kind of like big desert bush, and I was parked for birdie. And, yeah, I, I wow. ended up winning it after being three back going into 17. It was pretty crazy. Wow. And um, so you've had significant finishes at Pro Tour stops. You had the podium at Worlds in 2022. 
Uh, I remember mm-hmm. your push at Las Vegas. Was it last year or the year before? It was a significant, great round and performance. Yeah, it would have been 2022, I think. Okay. So 2022 sounds like it was a pretty good year for you. Um, do you value, yeah. do you value like being in the mix on the pro tour? Uh, explain that difference for me, I guess. Winning an event like this that may be smaller in, in size as far as, you know, notoriety goes. We do know about it, but or, or would you mm-hmm. rather be in the mix on the pro tour? Like, how do you value the differences in these? Um, I mean, I tend to value the pro tour, um, being in the mix more. Uh, I think there's just more eyes on the pro tour overall. And, you know, this A tier happened to have good competition. I think there are six tour pros playing the event. So it like has a little bit more weight in my mind, but in general, I think pro tour is just worth more across the board. Um, and I've kind of through my career, always weighted those heavier. I've haven't played many A tiers, B tiers or anything off tour which is part of why i have such a low um amount of wins why this is only my second pro win is because you know after a year and a half of playing i kind of started playing pro tour events and exclusively pro tour events and so this has got to be i mean probably not even like my 10th a tier start um for my career wow and so it's just hard to get wins on tour obviously um and so yeah it's just yeah, in my mind, they've always been um, weighted more for pro tour events than eight tiers. Yeah, no, that's your perspective, and I think that's a lot of people have that perspective. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to pass it over to Nick now. All right, Tristan Tanner, how we doing? Been a long time. What up, Nick? Yeah. What up, what up? Uh, dude, congratulations. Uh, I remember my first feeling of winning an A tier, and it was a magical, magical feeling. I teared up giving a speech, and I can only imagine that it's probably somewhat similar to how you felt after winning your first A tier. Uh, it's an incredible feat that majority of disc golfers will never accomplish. So huge kudos to that. Awesome feel that you were able to stack up against. Definitely some pro-level players there, pro-tour-level players there at the event. Also, a lot of uh, people who have been playing that event for a long time. So Matt was kind of just talking really briefly about the differences between the Pro Tour and A-tiers, B-tiers, and C-tiers. Now, with all the experience that you've had out on the Pro Tour, because it's been a number of years now, how did that experience out in the Tour help you out for more of a local event? Yeah, I think, you know, there's not a whole lot of crossover, like, if you just kind of basically think about it, honestly, because the courses are so different. A lot of A-tier courses tend to be these like birdie or die style like Maricopa was, whereas like every single hole, the top players are going to have a birdie look on quite literally 18 of 18 holes. And so just from that perspective, initially, it seems like there wouldn't be a whole lot of crossover. Um, but, you know, just the skill level and like the playing under pressure of the Pro Tour, I think makes these like birdie or die courses almost feel routine. Uh which I guess for some people could be a, a bad thing for some people it could be a good thing, but I think just having to put so much pressure on our shots on the pro tour coming to a smaller event like this, where it's like, you're almost guaranteed to have birdie looks just takes that pressure off and you can kind of freely play. And I think more so correlation from pro tour to a tier. I think there's, it's better like a tier to pro tour where like we should be playing with kind of this like free mindset um, that it's easy to have in an A tier. That's how we should be playing pro tour events. Definitely. And uh, shout out to you. Big uh, manufacturer changes here, going to the DGA crew, uh, mm-hmm. beating out Parker Welk and Andrew Marweed in the playoff, beating out Parker Welk, who had just won the Shelly Sharp Memorial, another DGA player as well. So all the more impressive as a new bag sponsorship change happened. How 
and you know you can say it however you want but how are you liking the change going from latitude 64 into dga yeah i mean i love it i think i was just at a point in my career where um with latitude i they were wanting different things from me and i was wanting different things from them and so it was just kind of a mutual parting of our partnership and it was just something that needed to happen the move to dga was just pretty obvious and especially with kind of how discraft and dga are merging um you know, I'm really close with like Bob Julio and Mike Wagner at DG or at Discraft and then Scott Kesey and then now KG and Gage at DGA. And so it's just a really good kind of smaller family almost atmosphere for me. And it just feels like I fit in really well, ex- um, excluding all the discs. And then also I think the discs really play well into the way I throw. They're low glide, overstable, um, and so, yeah, I, I've been loving the chain so far. And I think this um, this win at my first start with DGA really signifies all of that really well. Definitely. And now I know we've seen you in years past, obviously, podium finish at the 2022 Worlds. Uh, definitely right there in the hunt, literally until 16, 17, 18. You're right there the whole time following, I think it was the chase card um, mm-hmm. against uh, Gossage and Macbeth at that tournament. We've seen you cash in a majority of the events that you play out there, but there are some tournaments where it's a lackluster weekend. Um, what are the differences between, you know, obviously you're playing great, you're not playing great, but what is something that you're working on to have more of a consistency on the Pro Tour schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think across the board, I've tended to play well at the more like open courses or the courses that tend to be windy have more OB. And so uh, I've kind of always had to work on just my general backhand accuracy especially when the woods are in play and gaps are in play um you know i think it's partly you know just nature of like i learned to play in colorado and we don't have a ton of um gap shots it tends to be open courses and so coming to the pro tour we play like you know close to half the schedule on wooded courses and so that's what my main focus is just backhand gap hitting and just overall backhand control forehand's never really been an issue with that and putting has always been pretty good for me. So yeah, just general backhand consistency um, with kind of powering down and kind of having to shape shots more so than just place the disc on a basket. Yeah, no, definitely makes sense. I got one last easy question before I toss it off to the other guys is, uh, are we going to see you down in Florida for the chess.com invitational? Yeah. Yep. That'll be my first pro tour event of the year. All right, we'll see you down there then. Uh, Matt, Josh, throw it over to you guys. Do you play any chess? Uh, we've all been talking about it. It's it's created <laughs> excitement in the disc golf world. Have you ever played a, a game of chess? I I have played quite a bit of chess. Oh. I don't. I can't say I have like recently. Mm-hmm. Not as much as someone like Aaron Gossage does. <laughs> okay, but definitely when I was younger, I I played a lot of chess. Okay. I hope they have some side games down there. That'd be fun to watch the pros quietly hit or tapping the clock and moving their pieces. So I can't maybe when we have a wouldn't. backup, you know, like a long <laughs> yeah. backup on a par four, have some chess tables set up. Ooh, here's I'd a, be down for that. Here's a thought. We'll keep moving them when you're on the card. You play against one of your opponents that you're playing against, and then every single backup, <laughs> yeah. you just bring the board with yeah. you, so you play the next. Yeah. Or yeah, they've exactly. got speed chess. Blitz. Speed chess. Yeah, be blitz. Can we do at this chessinvitational.com? Can we make it so that 
instead of you know people just counting or looking at a clock for you know time like hey 30 second violation we can just do the we can have chess clocks out there it's ting like <laughs> this is the chess.com invitational everybody you get a you get a total of 15 minutes for the whole round on all your shots and you can take <laughs> as many as you want you just have to click the timer what? we gotta take out like 75 percent of the pro tour players man they are all getting stroked <laughs> what is the what is the quick math on that if you were to do, that's about 90 seconds per whole times 18 holes uh divided by 60 that's 27 minutes that you typically could get so let's let's round it down to 20 because not everyone does three throws per show so yeah let's do it a mm -hmm. 20 minute clock you just you, that's all you get you'd use it up on that's, one hole. i like the idea <laughs> be enjoyable. i think no. that might have to get implemented it's actually a horrible idea i've talked about this before and others rip me they say i'm a horrible <laughs> idea but anyways thank you for supporting it before we let you go intern ben or josh you have anything before we let them go or are you all set well, I just wanted to say, uh, so Tristan, the, our chat board, we've got plenty of live viewers out there. Some of them are blown away saying, I've never seen Tristan without sunglasses. So first of all, oh, we've got some yeah. people apparently amazed. Uh, <laughs> yep, used to see you on coverage. For our yep. audio listeners, blue eyes. There you go. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just it, briefly, I think it was kind of mentioned in passing, but what are your tour plans this year? Are you pretty much full-time on the tour? Is that what you're shooting for? Yeah. Yeah, all the all the tour events besides just a couple, and then um, yeah, I'm planning to go to Europe and play everything there too. So full schedule. Cool, awesome. And then maybe just like a last comment, Nick mentioned it, but um, in 2022, obviously Pro Worlds, um, all on the live coverage of podium finish. Um, did that particular event in itself change anything from your career trajectory? Like obviously, more people knew your name. Um, was there anything that came from that um, from that experience? Yeah, I think uh, definitely I gained uh, a good amount of followers and just kind of general support. But I think it was more so just um, kind of I've always believed in my potential. And I think that was just like a good um, event to signify that I can compete at the top level at any um, at any tournament. And so more so um, for me than anything on that. Awesome. Well, there's just from looking at social media, there's plenty of people who also believe that you can perform at a top level. So, mm -hmm. um, so congrats on the sponsorship change, the, the recent win. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to hand it over to Ben as we look to uh, transition uh, off here. Hi. Yeah. I just have one question. What it, in regards to the disc, what is the most refreshing, unexpected thing you've seen in your game when switching manufacturers so far? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned earlier with the low glide, the breaker for me has really been amazing. A straight low glide putter, something I never really had before with the trilogy family. Um, and so that's kind of just revolutionized my game kind of inside of 350 feet. I've, I'm able to throw shots that I've never been able to throw before because of that disc. Got it. Thank you. There you go, Tristan. It's awesome to have you on. I, it's I can't. I'm stuttering because I can't say enough. How it's nice when you text somebody. They text you back. Yep, good to go. Boom, done. You're very easy to work with. Hopefully, as you rise to the tops of the ranks, you still keep us in mind. We'd love to have you on again. Anything you want to shout For out sure. before we let you go? Yeah, just my Instagram, Tristan Tanner, Tristan underscore Tanner thirteen, and then uh, yeah, more YouTube content um, coming back this season. But yeah, just. Thanks to you guys. I uh, was happy to be able to come on the show. Absolutely, Absolutely. Tristan. We appreciate it. Yeah, Love thank it. you so much, man. We're going to be watching you out there. And uh, good luck at the Chess Invitational Open. Or Chess Invitational. <laughs> Chess.com Invitational. You'll get it. We'll see you there, Tristan. Peace out, Tristan. Looking forward to it. All right. Cool. Um, 
that is that was fun i he was yeah. easy to talk to that was our first time getting to talk to him mm -hmm. and i loved how he just broke down that was his first a tier win wow that, does that surprise anybody i know you say it's hard nick and i know it would be hard i can't do it but like it, uh, surprising it, it doesn't surprise me because 99 of the tournaments that he plays are pro tour events i mean he's been touring the last few years now i've had the pleasure of playing with him at multiple events it's an awesome time the dude crushes a disc and he's a killer putter so if he was to do if he was to do a tour that specifically required a tiers b tiers and stuff like that you'll see a lot more wins next to his name right yeah well right yeah if you went and cherry picked a tier events we all know yeah. tristan can win a tier events oh yeah right but winning that event was not cherry picked congrats to him and we've mm -hmm. seen some other top performance and he seems confident after this transition to dga it's great to hear right that perspective and um yeah, yeah i don't know it'd be interesting if we, we're not doing this but picking you know over unders how somebody like that will will finish because he has not always had an incredibly high average finishes but everybody believes he has top tier talent and we have seen that pop off once or twice so i'm rooting for him um i'm sure he can do it but it's exciting. look dga is off to a hot start this year you got yeah. parker welk you got tristan tanner but also shout out cole radolin just averaged like 1050 at a b tier out in oregon so dga dga starting out pretty hot during the off season right now we are only a solid three weeks away from the legitimate pro tour season yeah so I'm very and, yeah very curious would, to see how they do out there yeah and you would know how far away it actually is right yeah but, i'm pretty sure it's three it's technically two weeks if you count the all-star event but uh yeah three weeks from legitimate competitive play and uh yeah i need about three more weeks of work nice. <laughs> i'm just kidding all right we have a lot of movement going on behind the scenes. This is perfect. This is why we brought in more people, though, because we're able to sit off camera and work. Uh, we do have, well, we had multiple Macbeths lined up in the green room, and I'm like, Hannah, you're going to join? Anyways, I, a lot's going on here. Uh, Nick, I'm supposed to ask you before we bring in um, one of the Macbeths is about some steak that she made. Am I supposed to ask oh. you about steak? What? <laughs> Well, apparently, <laughs> and this is this is not so much my fault. This is also Paul's fault. So don't let it, don't <laughs> let everyone just blame well. me. But yeah, earlier I had said, "Hey, Paul, you should totally come on the show." Now, if he'd said he was doing Paul Macbeth Foundation work and had a very very busy schedule, and his wonderful wife had made him a delicious, perfect steak, I would have said, "Hey, man, we'll have you on at like eight forty-five. Go home, enjoy, be a dad, be a husband, hang out with your family." But no, apparently he went home let it sit for a while and then he had to microwave a perfectly cooked steak so i got the smoke from hannah during the uh the tristan tanner interview so <laughs> i got, I got from the hannah smoke. better than the smoke from a burnt steak so <laughs> oh <laughs> exactly yeah exactly but uh this interview is definitely a little weird this will be my first time interviewing paul what? as my boss Get out. so uh yeah it's maybe he's we my shouldn't boss have now, you so. up on screen together you know, I just got to ask him the hard-hitting questions like, do I get vacation time? You know, what's my, you know, do I get a raise? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, bring him, let's bring him in bring without him further ado. Here's, oh, there he is. Boom. The music there is, is delayed, but here he is. Paul. Hey, Pablo's dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Perfect. For our audio yeah. listeners, his name is Pablo's dad. There you go. That is perfect. So <laughs> how is it going, man? I haven't talked to you since the child uh, is coming to your life. Pablo, that must be fantastic and incredibly crazy at the same time. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, it's funny because when I get asked that question, I'm kind of like, feels like he's been here the whole time. Um, it's, it's one of those things that as soon as he was born, and uh, I held him. It just seemed so natural, you know, like so many things, um, 
seem to just feel like, all right, I know what to do now. But uh, yeah. it's been awesome. And I know I know we didn't see each other. I saw Josh. That's why oh, he's my I favorite. did see you. But you were walking <laughs> yeah, by yeah, and yeah. you're like, hey, Matt, it's room gone. <laughs> yeah, I had to get to the booth. Yeah, I was a uh, touch late. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, cool, man. And, you know, people say it all the time, but it is uh, something you really find out when uh, your own child is here. So. I know some others might be more familiar with this, Nick, maybe even Josh, but I'm going to ask it for people who might not be as familiar with what's going on with the Chess Invitational, um, chess.com Invitational. I'll get it right. See, Nick? There you go. Um, yep. What went into this partnership? Who had the connection or was this random? Like you just reached out like this would be cool. Like where was the connection with that? Well, it started out, chess.com actually reached out to uh, my agents um, and uh, just kind of reached out. And it was originally like a YouTube ad opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I was just honest and said, I, I don't play chess. I know how to play chess. I've played it, you know, when I was younger. But since touring, it's not something I'd, I've done. And I said, I don't know if it'd be if I'd be the ideal candidate for it. And this was, I think, early last year, late 2022. Um, and then, uh, when this tournament opportunity came up that we were still talking a little bit and trying to figure out how things could work. And they gave me a free, uh, free subscription to their, to their, uh, their paid subscription to chess.com. Uh, so I downloaded the app, finally started doing it and our finally started playing and we just kind of tossed the idea of, Hey, we're going to run this tournament. We're looking for title sponsors. Would you guys like to be a part of it? And, uh, they, said they'd love to <laughs> so it was really awesome uh you know just negotiating back and forth and uh just it, it's one of those it's one of those hobbies for so many people that some people dive into it and turn it into a living and so many people just play it casually mm -hmm. and uh i was kind of having a conversation about this with uh disc golf you know and professional athletes like a lot of professional athletes play disc golf as a hobby um and that's kind of what this can be is for so many disc golfers it can be a hobby on the side and um you know, I know there are some good chess players in disc golf, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just cool how it worked out, and and I know they can broaden their horizon because pretty much anyone can play chess, um, sports sports athlete or not. There's a, I don't know if it was a TV show or a movie, I forget which it was, but the Queen's Gambit. Have you seen that? No, um, I, I've watched it. Huh? <laughs> I, I watched it a while back, but I need to definitely refresh on it. it um, I, it was yeah. intriguing. And it made me almost want to start playing chess. And so I'm curious when you when you go to line up this deal with chess.com, I don't know if anyone's asked you, like, what kind of money does this bring in? Is this massive or is it more about the partnership with the outsider? Like, what's the main draw here for you as a guy who's going to run the tournament? Uh, I don't want to say a specific number because I don't know if I'm allowed to. Okay. I didn't I didn't I didn't ink the deal. Mm -hmm. I know how much, but. Um, there is a minimum added cash to pro tours, which I believe for this year is like 35,000 or mm -hmm. 40,000, um, you know, collectively to get, mm -hmm. to get on the pro tour level uh, for added cash. So, um, you know, they definitely had a huge part of that, um, and getting us to surpass that number. Um, and I mean, it's, it's the chess.com presented by Discraft. So there's multiple sponsors and presenting sponsors. So, um, yeah, it was 
it was a good chunk um, to get yeah. us over out of catch the the minimum. What is your direct involvement with this tournament? I, I know Nick's t- telling us all that maybe he's doing this, or maybe he's not. He just wants to make people think he's working. But he says, I'm working. I'm trying to, <laughs> Nick laughs. I'm trying to get this ready. Uh, you know, all the things that go into it. What's your direct involvement with this? Is it more of like, hey, I have connections or I have ideas um, and you're going to be a player there, I assume? Yeah. I mean, first off was getting the course. Uh, <laughs> so that was step one. And then... Um, locking in the tournament uh so i had a, a good portion in, in getting the tournament and getting the the start of you know the the tour season moved to florida with this event and right. just kind of opening the door and having it there and uh a lot of the sponsorships had had a lot of the connections um whether it was just social media or through the years of having connections because some some companies want to sponsor events instead of players and, and see a bigger impact from that than individual players but so it's always something to keep a connection because no an individual sponsorship might not be what they're looking for at the moment but you always keep that door open to bring in other opportunities um so uh yeah so that's kind of how this one worked out with chess.com but uh yeah i've had i've had quite a bit of involvement um with this event and i've enjoyed it it's a it's a unique process uh, i'm not the tournament director which i don't want to take that over i'll leave that to jeff jeff corns <laughs> um a lot of the behind the scenes stuff right. and paperwork and i don't want to deal with that but nick yeah nick is telling the truth he's he's the <laughs> man on the ground he's the one that's moving and shaking all the all the the grass and trees and ob and all that stuff so he's he's finally got some help down there but he's been a, a one-man show for the most part on getting things um move down there i know we've had some work weeks with the the crew from cactus rock up in alabama uh the williams brothers they've come down and helped out a couple weeks and they're just they're they're incredible with what they do so i'm looking forward to uh having the course up and going and getting some open days before the the tournaments come uh, with the all-star and the chess.com event yeah, and my last one before I toss it over to uh, one of the other guys here is what are some of the deliverables that go into something like chess.com being a partner? Whereas like they say, hey, we have an expectation of X, Y, Z, like we expect this many people or this much signage or you're on shows like ours. Like are there deliverables where it's like it has to happen? Mm, no. I wouldn't say there's mandatory things besides advertisements, you know, with the event itself, uh, you know, wall banner walls, um, you know, tents and things like that, commercials, et cetera, like, like the stuff that you normally see, um, they were not too demanding with things. So what I think is really cool is being able to come on this show and talk about the chess.com having players talk about the chess.com is just all added, um, bonus to what they're, what they're investing in. And I think that kind of just shows, you know, where our sport is and, and shows the passion that our players have with these sponsors and, and how they want them to stay in the sport and continue to, you know, grow and, and be involved because uh, without sponsors, it's, we're just playing for each other's money and we don't want to do that because uh, it won't grow too much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think they're getting a lot of added content, which I love. And uh, yeah, I think, I think they are, I think it's going to be a really interesting event, different than any event I can think of in the past. Well, there's a there's a lot tied to this one with a reintroduction to this course and venue. Um, obviously, the new life. Um, obviously, <laughs> you as a dad, and I know that sound it's natural to you now, and and it was right off the gate. Yeah. It sounds like, and then like 
you have this innovation and intriguing sponsor that appeals to a large audience, both in disc golf and outside. And I think that's just incredible. Josh, I'm going to toss it over to you. All right. So this is not, not a plant at all. So hi, Paul. I know we saw each other in passing. I, <laughs> I want to come back and talk about the expo because I think yes, I'd love course. to get your insights on that. Before there, uh, before we go there, chess.com. So yes, chess mm -hmm. obviously is like, you know, world renowned, literally, right? Like a game from medieval times. So we're not reinventing that, but the sponsorship announced. And then I'm like, oh, that piques my interest. So I go to chess.com and not a word of a lie here. This is not because they're sponsoring an event, but like I am now hooked and I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess I have to buy the premium. And I've been competing against Evan Kearns on this show and he's, I have not beat him yet. So now I'm like studying. I asked my wife if she can get a book from the library about chess. So, I love it. so you can talk to these sponsors and tell them it literally works. If nothing else, at least they got one more convert, whether that's good or bad, who knows? But um, I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would, I would love to hear how many people have downloaded the app since the announcement. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, ask them, I mean, I'm, they've got numbers that are significant, but it would be interesting mm -hmm. to see if they have any way to kind of track that or link that back. It would certainly be intriguing. Um, so yeah, everybody go out and try it. Their free version is amazing. Um, and you don't have to do the premium, although I'm probably about to pull the plug, <laughs> not pull the plug, pull the trigger. <laughs> All right, Paul. So the expo, um, Look, it's not the first time you've been in a long autograph line or had people excited to interact with you as fans or sign discs. Um, you know, at most events and tournaments, you probably have some of that experience and you've been at other non-tournament event experiences before. Um, but for those of us in the Northeast, it felt like kind of a truly unique experience. I'm curious your take. Um, you know, you were there and I don't think you got to take in a whole lot, but you sat there and made a lot of fans extremely happy who were willing to wait hours outside the door to get in. Um, so thank you for coming. Give us your take on uh, the expo experience from your perspective with the exclusive drop for the disc um, and how that was. Yeah. So unfortunately, I, it was such a quick trip for me. Uh, I was only in the expo building in the conference area for at most five hours in total, which I wish I had the whole weekend, but I uh, honestly I accidentally double booked myself. I had a Paul Macbeth Foundation retreat here, so uh, I kind of I kind of messed that up and missed Saturday. So I flew up there late Friday, slept overnight, and then woke up, went to the expo, and then had to get be out by two and go catch my flight back to to Florida for uh, catch the final day of uh, our retreat and some of the Paul Macbeth Foundation, the important things, talking about, you know, one, three, five-year plans and some future projects. But anyways, besides that, the expo was incredible. It's the most, uh, I think, dedicated line I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was at most, and I'm saying at most 40 degrees, and people were waiting in that line for at least <laughs> two hours, some people. Um, and I think that's pushing it. It probably was like 20 when it started. Uh, but yeah, the, the line was at least 500 people, probably pushing 1,000 when I arrived just before just before 10 when it opened. And uh, it was it was incredible because I accidentally walked into the wrong room at first. I didn't know there was multiple rooms uh, for this thing. Like it's a big conference center, but I didn't realize it was going to be a conference center here, conference center there, another conference center over here. So I walked in the wrong one, walked around the whole thing, was looking for Discraft, couldn't find them. And uh, everyone's like, oh, hey, what's up, Paul? <laughs> so I was kind of lost. And uh, so I got to see a lot of booths, which was really cool, and seeing 
you know, it's just some people had their like pro shop there. Some people had like bags, like um, some were just like straight up trading cards. Um, it was incredible to see all the different things. And I know right across from us, we had like Brian Earhart from the Discraft tent. Innova was in the same area, MVP, and then like some bag companies. Uh, like, like I think one company was like a duct tape bag, disc golf bag or something <laughs> like that. There, I mean, there was all sorts of things there. Uh, and then a mini course throughout the place. So it was, it would have been something that I really would have enjoyed if I was a fan um, and just there to, to, to be at an expo. Let, let me, that's te- technically the first expo I've, I've ever been to. It may be the first, I think it's the first disc golf expo ever. And I can let Ben chime in, but there was, you brought up the trading card booth. I swung by there. I was like, Hey, I sold off the first 2016 collector set from the disc golf pro tour. That very first one, the one that has uh, Hannah's dad in the picture behind Jeremy Colling that, that year. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and your card, non the non-champion player card. So there was the champion player cards. They made 15 of those that year. But then there was like the generic Paul Macbeth card that was just part of every set. I asked how much that was being, well, no, they told me how much it was being sold for and I had to double check. But it, do you have any idea how much that card was selling for in that booth? Uh, not, the disc golf, not the Disc Golf Pro Tour one. Okay, no. over, under $2,000. Oh, I would say under over. It was three thousand dollars. There's no way he sold that. I don't know if he sold it, but it's there <laughs> and it's behind glass. So, wow. Uh, there you go. So yeah. I got to go through my set and see if I still have that one. <laughs> Pay some yeah. bills. Okay. Yeah, I might have. I might have like a stack of fifty somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's like two hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, they give you a stack, so maybe I still got it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that'll cool. instantly deflate the value of that guy's card. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, they're not all worth 3000 oh, They're only I'm worth 3000 if he has one of them. But, I'm you know. sorry. That's all I had. I yeah. had to interject because yeah. that was mind-blowing. No, that, that's maybe great. worth so, it, but mind-blowing. Yes. Yeah. So, so Paul, it was great. And hearing your commentary on it, the first expo, it's unique seeing, uh, we've seen the growth of the sport of disc golf in the last few years, right? We call kind of the explosion after COVID. I think there's been some kind of depression since that time and trying to navigate it. But then we talked like chess.com and I think uh, there's still so many untapped business opportunities in disc golf. There's all the classic ones that we see. Um, like people want to do, right? Buy a course, which you've done, uh, have my own like uh, disc golf shop or invent a bag. Um, but you see how many people show up for an expo in year two. Um, and I think going to other sponsors, like imagine chess.com having a booth there, right? They're going to be happy to have thousands of people kind of roaming through and coming by. Maybe that's small numbers for them, but, um, you know, having players like you out there, I just think it's, uh, it's exciting to see. And it looked like a little fun, informal competition between who had the longest line, you or Simon. And I don't know what the actual verdict was at the end of the day, but a lot of people funneling by. Um, so Paul, so in 2024, um, you're still working on, or I would like to hear you comment, working on your shoulder. Um, we've heard you mention this in a couple other interviews recently and a couple different treatment approaches. Um, what's your plan for kind of working your way into the beginning of the tour this year? Yeah, so my plan is to, to get ready and, and play the tour um, as normal. Uh, start at the chess.com. I'm not in the all-star event, so I'll be starting at the chess.com event. And then going on to Texas after uh, I've been throwing the last couple of days pretty much. So I had to wait seven days after my injection before I could do anything. Um, and so throw in every day since that minus the trip up and the trip back. 
to Massachusetts. And honestly, it's been feeling great um, through almost, mm-hmm. I would say probably 85 to 90% power today on a couple shots and really pushing them past 500 feet. And it feels really good. And I don't feel sore or anything. It's just taking the extra time of warming up before and after every practice round and every shot. Um, just, yeah, every practice round and every time I go out there and throw and, and getting a lot of putting practice in because before I went for my injection, I played quite a bit in California with my my brother. Uh, I think I played with my dad and some friends. Um, but just uh, I was playing so well and I was texting Bob Julio and just telling him, like, I feel great. Like, I'm ready for the season to start. Then I went and got my injection and it took like seven days, seven days off straight. And it, it was rough coming back. I just completely forgot how to putt had to redo my footwork and, and all sorts of stuff. But today I felt like I was really in a rhythm and, and it feels good because it, it gets me excited for the tour, get ready to play. And uh, like normally I would say before my injection, just sitting here, like I would just be in, in so much pain. Um, but I haven't felt, haven't felt any, especially after throwing since, uh, since getting, well, I should say since after the first day of throwing after the injections. So uh, I'd say it's pretty promising. Um, but there are still, I still have a couple more issues in the shoulder area besides just the, the labrum. So I got to monitor those and see how those go. And, um, yeah, so. All right. Well, obviously fans of disc golf are going to be very curious uh, to see if that causes any issues, but you're optimistic and you're feeling great. So, and that first tournament is just several weeks away as Nick keeps reminding us all, uh, with his <laughs> yeah, to-do list. But, uh, 17 days away. Yeah, okay. There so you go. There's the exact down. date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So thank you, Paul, for the time, Ben, what do, what do you, uh, want to have or ask Paul? I don't really have anything to ask you, Paul. I just want to say thank you for coming to the expo. I mean, you know, it was huge for me and the people up here in the community. I mean, part of that line uh, of 500 plus people was, you know, part of you being there and dropping the credo. So I'm just very grateful that Discraft and you were there and decided to drop that exclusively at the show. Um and you know it made my day you you know you didn't see me jumping in the kitchen once i heard that you were coming and that the kratos was being dropped but yeah i just wanted to let you know that yeah well i appreciate it and i mean congrats on that that was incredible to see and i know you've been heading that for two years now and uh i know it's going to continue to grow so i don't know if you're gonna have to get a bigger place next year Mm -hmm. but uh it seemed pretty maxed out i think i'm gonna uh, have to yeah which is awesome to see um so I'm sure Discraft will start planning on what to drop next year. Yeah, I think I might have to get a bigger room just so um, people can stand in line and not take up that whole entire room. <laughs> the <laughs> convention center in Worcester, the convention center. DCU, dude. yeah. Big one. Um, there we go. I guess I do have one more question. You know, it seems you are starting to do more business-wise, you know, on the course and then the chess.com. Is this more, now that you have your son in the world, or is this kind of the plan all along i know you've always said you've really been into business and business talks or is this just a hobby of yours or is this just a long or is it more of a long term like you know plan that 20 years from now you can still keep doing it yeah i think i've had my toes dipped in the water for quite a while now so uh yeah i've i've uh i've been messing around behind the scenes with some things for a couple of years now and uh i know i still still have at least a decade left of playing and uh i've always wanted the option or the, yeah, I want the option to be able to retire when I'm 40 from disc golf competitively, but that doesn't mean I'm going to. I've just always wanted that that option. 
Um, but no, I definitely enjoy, you know, the business side of it, whether it's sponsorships, um, you know, with contracts and agencies and things like that, or running tournaments, finding sponsors, and just kind of finding new ways to to push things to the next level, you know, whether it's tournaments, uh, sponsorships, courses, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, just finding ways and just like you're doing right now with the expos, maybe we'll have some competing expos in the future. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stop it up. Hey, that's a compliment. It's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Nick, if you got anything to say to your boss. <laughs> I can. Yeah, I'm speaking to him as my boss. It's funny. I uh, Just a testament to Paul. I call him probably anywhere from five to ten times a day right now just asking general questions about the course and different stuff that <laughs> different stuff that all goes into uh, this whole project in and of itself and getting it tournament ready and uh, some exciting exciting news though so we gotta take off the sad piano music but exciting news to everyone that is in the Florida area or whoever wants to fly in for this is uh, and I think Paul and I are pretty much ready to talk about it is we are going to open up the course for public play starting February 2nd, which will be this Friday. Coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be opened up to public play. Um, and so that means, one, I got a lot of work to do just to finish up the place, get the baskets in the ground, but we are definitely very excited for that. So once again, to all the Florida people that can come out to it, uh, Friday, February 2nd, the 3rd, and Sunday, the 4th, will be open to public play. We're also going to make an announcement on all of our Instagrams of kind of the calendar that we have written up right now. So you'll know when the course is going to be open and when it's going to be closed due to tournaments and stuff like that. So very exciting news there. And I had something else to say, but I'll let yeah. Paul kind of go well, off on that. Yeah. And then just to clarify, you know, like February is kind of a busy one with tournaments, uh, the all-star event and the chess.com event. So we are very driven towards satisfying our members in February, our lifetime members. And then uh, we will have open play for two weekends, like Nick said. And then we'll be full blown open for the public March 1st. Yeah. So that's the current plan. Um, but I think uh, we discussed earlier and you wanted to talk about the tournament that you're prepping for. Um, the the chess.com event, I believe. Chess.com invitational. We are very excited to have it. Um, there are incredible, exciting things that are going to come to light, hopefully in the next coming weeks of just announcements that we will have for the tournament. But uh, realistically, I know... Paul, Dylan, myself, Jeff Corns, and the Disc Golf Pro Tour, we're all very excited to have this opportunity and get it going pretty much off the ground. We've had a lot of crews out there really helping out with the event, and uh, we think it's going to be a spectacle, like Paul said, like no other that he can think of right now. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty yep. much. Yeah, you know. and we do. I mean, we have a – I'm just looking at the list right now. Like, um, you know, Chess.com sending a pretty solid staff out here to help with the event. I know we're going to have some tents, some boards, some playable areas – uh, I know Dylan was talking about even from spring training, his goal is to play competitively against some people that are at the event. So look for that. And uh, they're actually sending some uh, players and creators to the event. I have a list here of at least at least five that are coming. Um, so looking forward to that. You know, if you're uh, in the chess, chess world, you may recognize some of these, uh, the players from some cool content they've been posting online. Yeah, my goal is uh, not to get beat in four moves. I think uh, big name, big name in the chess world, but Magnus Carlsen. I think he beat Bill Gates in four or five moves live on TV one time. What's the fewest? What's the fewest you can lose in? I'm sure. I he guess 
I, I don't know the few you could lose losing maybe two or three i guess maybe three or four no, um, i think it's about I, know. I think it's four is it four wow. four moves so yeah my goal is not to get beat in four moves then and if i can do that i'll consider that a successful uh pretty much game of chess but um i did want to say on top of matt earlier was asking you know kind of paul's involvement with the course rather than just buying the course um paul's flown out here or driven out here on multiple occasions to help us actually with the course and show people around getting ideas we've had ken climo out here but paul's also done a pretty large redesign on a majority of the holes where we've added in brand new ones we've added in tour level t pads to them so paul's involvement goes well above and beyond just purchasing the property the amount of work that he puts in and you know not 10 minutes before this podcast was going up dylan and i were on the phone thinking of new ideas to bring florida some awesome disc golf ideas and uh we talk about the course probably way too much i actually jokingly apologized to his wife hannah and i said hey i'm sorry i call your husband probably more than you do right now but there's just things that we need to get done for this tournament but once again um i'm beyond thrilled to be a part of this and uh beyond thrilled to open up the course once again february 2nd it'll be open for public play come hang out we're gonna have some heavy hitters there that weekend i know uh i know some big some big things are happening in those two weeks before the uh all-star event and chess.com invitational there you go and i'll uh throw it back over to matt yeah paul it was so great having you uh did you hear by chance juliana corver won her 250th win uh over there in new zealand did you hear that and if um, not you're about I, to <laughs> i i think i did see something about it but i saw she won uh and Coriolis won as well yeah so I, yeah i did i did see something we're uh not trying to rush you out but she's in between tours in new zealand like actual like uh tourist tours and we're gonna try to get mm -hmm. a phone call into her is there anything else you'd like to shout out before you go uh <laughs> i mean just i got some sponsors yeah it would be go cool discraft grip grip bags i know i have uh something fun coming here soon so keep an eye out for nice. grip bags uh, baby showed up cool we see baby p pablo we see baby p they want to know if Pablo can come on. They're going to put Juliana on. Um, black Shades. Black Shades. <laughs> oh, Pablo. Definitely. Pablo's dad. Pablo. 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 Oh, wonderful. Yeah, little Pablo. Yes. Pablo. Wonderful. Epic. Can Beautiful. You, can you put everyone else's face on? Yeah, go go, uh, that. go five up or something. There you go. Five. There he is. Little yeah. Pablo. Look at that. <laughs> What's up, dude? Look at those eyes. That's awesome. Wow. Super engaged. I love it. For our audio yeah. listeners, beautiful baby Pablo looking into the camera, waving. Yeah, for yeah, for anybody who's audio only, come back and come into like the <laughs> hour and a half mark and get a look at this. This is awesome. Say hi to everyone. Say party podcast. Say hello. <laughs> Shout out to Hannah. We we miss you uh, over at the party podcast. We'll have to do a, a combination again. <laughs> but yep and then uh yeah if you uh if you can make it out to the chess.com invitation you want to be there you don't want to miss out <sighs> start of the season some great competition and uh it's florida so Maybe. you want to get All some right. of that warrant gonna That's find gonna a ticket find a ticket me and matt All let's right. go man. Let's, let's make go. it i'll pick you guys up at the airport it's <laughs> can we stay at your house yeah. nick <laughs> Uh, well, I don't have a house. I have an apartment that's smaller than where you guys are at your computer right now. But, uh, yeah. oh, all right. We'll so we can see the bed with, with the sink in the, the bedroom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. But thank you, Paul, so much. It really means a lot. You come on our show, and, and thanks for sharing all that you did. It was insightful, and we appreciate it, man. 
Thanks for having me. All right, man. Talk See to you later, man. boss. Bye. Talk to See you later. guys. See you later, boss. boss. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, cool. I always, uh, he always calls me or I call him and I'm like, hey, what's up, boss man? And, you know, it's funny. But yeah, it's, uh, before we get on Juliana, are we for sure getting on Juliana? Is yeah, yeah. Out? I'm actually going to try to get her in on a phone call now. Okay. So, yeah. Um, for everyone, I'll just kind of say this really quick. Um, if you don't have a Disc Golf Live or a Disc Golf Network subscription, go over and get that ASAP. They're going to have some awesome uh, all star events happening and then chess.com invitational. And then we get right into the Texas swing. Like, Disc Golf is going to be packed this year. The competition is going to be thick. It's going to be heavy. And uh, we're uh, just so excited for literally all of it. All right. Well, I'm going to try to call her up. She is in New Zealand right now. And as soon as she answers, we're just going to bring her right in. Um, I do have it. We have on our fifth guest or our fifth host too. Is this five in one night? No, four. No. Do we, do we have on our fifth host? Yeah. He'll be, he'll be in after this call. Oh, okay. So let's see here. We have, we've, We've dialed up. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Juliana Corver, all the way. I, my understanding is New Zealand. Is that correct, Juliana? That is correct. Yes. Wow. It, modern technology. Wow. I'll tell you what. We're we're you're live streaming right now <laughs> all over YouTube, and you're being recorded. We're glad to have you. You just won your 250th win. If all the information is correct, and I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, but the Topo Classic in New Zealand. This was your 250th win. Uh, how does this strike you? What does it mean to you? Uh, well, I to be honest, I don't keep track of any of that, <laughs> and so. When I first got to the um, spa park, which is where we played, the tournament staff all asked me, so uh, do you know what this wind would be for you? <laughs> like, um, no, I have no idea. So, so they made me well aware of the fact that this would be number 250th. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty special to be able to do it in such uh, epic location yeah it must be epic i've never been to new zealand and now do you know how long and this doesn't speak to uh how fast you could have done it we know you took break and you freestyle professional do you know how long it's been between your first and your your 250th win i have that information if you don't <laughs> i'm gonna guess pretty close to 30 years you're very very close 31 years five months 27 <laughs> days there you go um so now you've also won on how many different continents do you think you've won on oh gosh uh yeah putting you on the spot you said did you say four or five (laughs) yeah okay it it is four and i do not have the list of continents but i do know it's four because evan from stat mando hooked me up with that one um so Juliana, we've talked to you going into, I think, last season, and we talked to you about your goals, and it was just so awesome to see you come into it. Um, What are your goals for 2024? You started out with your 250th win. What are your plans for the rest of the year? You know, I I don't have really big goals. I'm trying to back away gently, I guess. Okay. Um, You know, I, I didn't know how much I would be on tour this year, but as long as Jim and I are still able and are still enjoying it, which we are, um, we're still going to be out here in some capacity. So I believe I'm only going to be playing maybe five or six DGPT level events and 
the remainder, I mean, we'll be out here for the full year. So the remainder will be A-tiers, age-protected, master's majors, that type of thing. Wow. Uh, Can I tell you that I appreciated so much your, uh, I guess we'll call it an interview, your freestyle session with Brian Earhart. Um, Did you enjoy that as well? Well, yeah. I, I mean, anytime you've got somebody to play freestyle with, it's, it's a good time. So, um, I, I almost wish that there was some way that I could bring that to, uh, the young disc golfers of today and, and even talk to Brian about possibly setting aside a day of the week before the events that we're at, maybe, you know, Tuesday evening, 6 PM at the course, anybody who wants to try to learn how to nail delay or do some tricks, come and join us. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll try to make that happen this year. I can tell you just from that expo, and I, I know who you are, of course, and I know that you freestyle, and but watching that video inspired me in a new way um, to where I was at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo this past weekend, and there was a multi-world champion. I don't know if you know the name by chance, but Rick Williams. Does that ring any bells for you at all? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the freestyle and the overall world is, is even much, much smaller than the disc golf world. So, yes, wow. we pretty much all know each other. Well, awesome. Uh, so I told him I watched. I'm a friend of Rick's, and he he was doing freestyle sessions there at the expo, and there was friends who came and did that with him as well. And because of your video with Brian, I had him trying to teach me how to, I guess, throw really hard with spin but not trying to project you know project it far because i was just so impressed by your uh-huh. throw i was so impressed by your throws um that's second nature to you now probably just like anything else right it really is and i tell you as a disc golfer if you can perfect that spin that has a lot of well that throw that has a lot of spin and in freestyle that's called z's if you can give a lot of z's then freestyles will want to play with you because you make them look good. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of jumping to a much larger picture here, and maybe you've never thought of this, and it's putting you on the spot to think of it, but if you were to pick one of your favorite accomplishments with the flying disc, and that's inclusive of all of them, like, are there any that stand out? Maybe give your top three if you can't just pick one. Like, what are your favorite moments that you can look back on? Okay, first world. First pro world win, that was um, emotionally just um, absolutely amazing. And as far as pride, cashing at USDGC against the men. And uh, I'm going to add two more. Just sure. Really the cool The list can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> In 2001, being the female USA representative at the World Games in Akita, Japan. And then kind of full circle in 2019, I think it was 2019, in Budapest, Hungary, I was part of the World Urban Games as a freestyler. And there was a Japanese official that came by and he said, I saw the name. I didn't think it could possibly be the same Juliana Corver, but by golly, it is. And so being able to compete in the World Games and then the World Urban Games in two different disc modalities, uh, very special. Yeah, I'm so impressed. Um, and some might say it's not hard to impress me, but it is enjoyable to watch. And you are a true 
pleasure to have in the sport of frisbee in general. As I said, I'm inspired. Uh, I heard, I actually heard birds there in the background, Juliana. You're in New Zealand right now, correct? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Corey Ellis, his wife Molly, Jim, and I just finished a tour at the. I'm probably going to say this wrong. What what Tomo Glowworm Caves? Whoa. So we, we were just on a boat, 180 feet underground, um, in complete darkness, looking up at bioluminescent worms on the ceiling of the cave. Wow. Where, where does that rank in lifetime like experiences? It is unworldly. Uh, wow. It, well, this is something. So I've been, I was in New Zealand close to 20 years ago, and this was something that I planned to do then. And things got crossed um, due to circumstances out of my control, was not able to do it. So this is something that I wanted to do for close to two decades and finally was able to check this off the list. Wow. Uh, bioluminescent in and of itself is an incredible word. I can't imagine the experience. It has to top the word. Um, that is just awesome. Uh, Juliana, we're so glad you just took this time for us on the show. We have people in the live chat right now that are, are appreciative of this as well. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before you go? Anything you'd like to shout out or make people aware of? This is the floor is yours if there is. No, no. I just really appreciate the recognition that you've given me and uh, thank you. Happy to do it, Juliana. Safe travels over there, and we'll talk again sometime. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Bye. Have a great uh, day. Bye. It's it's like the yeah. next day great there, day. and it's yeah. um. I think it's Is it like time travel. I think it's and the weather's probably incredible out no, no. there right now. It, it's in the afternoon. It's oh, like she's still three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like yeah. three in the you afternoon go. right now. <laughs> you can go. You yeah. don't have to keep chatting. We we appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. <laughs> have a great day. Um, that's fun. Right. That is fun. Um, I don't know my time zones. It's I guess. three p.m. Tuesday. At the time yeah. of recording is right now eight. 30 or so on monday so and i think there you go and technically they're in the summer right now so Man. they should be having i, I was I hearing the warm summer weather. birds i was like imagining yeah. how nice it exactly. is hearing the warm bioluminescent worms <laughs> i literally okay. only want to go to australia just to see kangaroos like that is one of my goals one day is to go out there and i'm assuming new zealand has some maybe not i don't really know don't but know. australia is 100 percent want to go see some wild kangaroos i <laughs> love watching videos of them apparently they're as common as like what we have in deer um yeah they're, just they're kind everywhere. of a pest in a way but but to yeah, us it would be amazing awesome yeah really yeah. A pest? yeah we've talked about this with the when our Dude, australian friend came on the yeah. show Oh. Yeah, he was awesome too. Yeah, he was so, incredible. Josh, Josh, uh, we yeah, talked about like Josh. squirrels. Check out his YouTube channel too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Evans joined the show, so I want to in introduce Evan so people know that he's on for our audio listeners, our video listeners, just staring into the beauty of Evan. But the Boy Evan, Scout, Evan the Boy Scout. Evan, were you a Boy <laughs> Scout? Yeah. Uh, I was a Cub Scout. <gasps> yeah. Hey. When I was like at, at the Cub Scout age, never made it past that. that Do you remember what you it. ended on? We below. <laughs> Hold up, a lot of questions. What was that, Nick? Do you remember what like the last tier that you were? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know enough to answer that question. Oh, so okay, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I was not in it for long. I think it was probably just like one. It wasn't even a year. I think it was just like one part yeah. of the year. I don't even know. Gotcha. Do we have any so. Eagle Scouts in the chat? If you're an Eagle Scout, a shout out. All right. They can they can do the shout out. They they did want to know immediately as soon as you join. So, um, 
we've talked about a few topics throughout all the interviews incredible again i always am taken back not by our interview skills but by the information that's provided and i think that's just so fun to be a part of that um jeremy rusco i thought this was intriguing if you google right now if you want to find this i, I did the same thing the Emporia Gazette says Rusco to purchase Emporia, what formerly was known Country Club, and we can talk about this, but that that portion of property that we've come to know, World's hosted there, GBO, all of them. Uh, that property, the golf course, the nine-hole golf course, purchase is being purchased. It's not full completion yet, in my understanding, but he's being purchased by Jeremy Rusco. Um what do we know about this? I I read up a little bit. Who who would like to comment? I know Josh, you got some insight. Evan, Nick, wh who wants to Take start? Take it over, Josh. Evan just got here. Like, you've heard about well, this I, news, Evan? Yeah, I'll go ahead. I, I heard about it. I I didn't dive into it, yep. but at a like overview glance, I'm like, wow, that is really cool. Yeah. A uh, one great for Jeremy Rusco. Uh, I, I don't know if if, if like that how much he sold Dynamic Disc for was public. Um, or anything about that, but you know, buying a golf course, uh, no matter the location, I mean, Emporia, it's that it's still a, a town that's thriving and loves disc golf as we know. But, um, even though it's in Kansas, like a golf course isn't inexpensive. Uh, so buying, you know, that much land that a golf course needs, uh, in any place in the United States or world is like, you need some capital to do that. So uh, congratulations for him for uh, having the funds to do that. And then also uh, it really cool to see, uh, of course, a disc golfer buy a golf property with what I am going to assume, although I have no clue. I don't know if the article got into this, or if there's any other insight, uh, but with plans on making it now better for disc golf. Uh, and a lot of people don't have the best words to say about the Emporia country club or now community club. If I'm right. Um, I, I honestly, I think it's for what it is. It works out great. It's a different style. Um, it's a golf course, but they've done a lot of work there. Uh, and I think it's pretty enjoyable and it's, hosted more than a few majors and elite events uh for quite a few years now so if it continues up and they're able to uh push disc golf even more forward there uh, in a town that loves disc golf as much as emporia does i think it's an incredibly good news and i'm excited to see what they can do let me say this as i pass it over to josh because i thought it was funny as you brought up how it was purchased by a disc golfer you know obviously doing really well but can we actually say like disc golf rich was so rich that it bought golf like that's that's incredible i never thought that day would come uh, Josh, you read into this a lot more, uh, as did I, but I'm going to let you comment on maybe some of what Evan actually brought up that he wasn't sure about. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah. Well, to be fair, I skimmed, um, yeah. but yes, um, I believe, I don't know the date. So take all this with like a, a summary in mind. Um, maybe a year ago or maybe a little bit more ago, there was some investment group who actually bought the country club with, uh, a, an idea to right, rejuvenate it and try to kind of obviously turn it into a business venture. Um, and I believe they basically said, yeah, this didn't work. So, you know, I don't know if they used the word fail, but it didn't play out the way they wanted it to. Too much overhead maintenance um, issues on the property that just did not make it a in, uh, good investment sense. And that's where they chose to kind of, you know, fold that joint venture. And that's provided the opportunity where the property was again up for sale. Um, and that's where Jeremy Rusco, I believe, probably February 1st. And I don't think we've heard much about what his plans are for the property. Um, I believe he's intending to uh, answer some of those questions actually coming up, um, maybe on February 1st, some kind of Q&A session. Yep. 
Um, yep. So it'll be intriguing because Evan, I think we all believe, and it's probably rightfully so that you know he's going to invest in making that an amazing disc golf property. Um, at the same time, I do wonder if there's more to it than that, other investment options and other ways to use the property beyond just disc golf. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, that's awesome to see. Obviously, there's um, there's sometimes mixed opinions, but there's still a lot of history there. Um, everybody knows what that town, um, how it supported disc golf and vice versa. Um, and yeah, if nothing else, it'll be interesting. It's intriguing to see. Yeah. So... I actually have had Evan. Have you ever walked uh, Emporia Country Club? No, I, I, I can't. I, I don't know if I've even driven through Emporia, but okay. I've driven through Kansas, and I believe Emporia was on the way. Uh, but that's about it. Nick, you have correct. I have. Yeah. I played a tournament there. I, and I'll get your input on this, but I got to walk it once or twice with my oldest son, who played the World Championships there for juniors, um, and so. I think the property, if it's totally owned by Rusco, it's it's going to be maybe not the possibility in the best you know venue in the world. Nick, you might have that, or Maple Hill has that because of you know terrain and woods. But there's a high significance if he owns that outright that he can do a lot with that to make it. I would even say up to ten times better at all the amenities, everything that would be theirs to do, uh, landscaping and and. All that they have, I think it, the sky's the limit if this is actually going to be pulled off. So, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I mean, realistically, one of the biggest things about anywhere, and if you're trying to run a business, is location, 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 and just making sure that you are in the right spot. Now, Emporia is obviously a huge central hub for a lot of disc golfers and dynamic discs. You know, their warehouse and manufacturing plant was out there. But um, realistically, when you're kind of renting out the country club, now the community center, and trying to host tournaments there, you are limited to what you are able to do. And it's something as small as, I remember playing there and their tee pads were really skinny, really long tee pads and not all of them were great. Maybe this opens up the avenue of being able to install bigger and better tee pads to the property. That's one huge improvement that you know you can love or hate the course, but having good tee pads, having good baskets on a course is something that I think a lot of people talk about all the time. So. With Rusco's ownership kind of being the sole ownership of it now, hopefully the disc golf side of things there. Realistically, the property itself, it's not my style of disc golf. It's not what I love to play. I don't always enjoy watching it, but I enjoy good competition. I was able to watch Paul win worlds there in epic fashion. I was able to watch Chris and Tatar win worlds there in an amazing fashion. And so there are historical moments that have happened at that course. But at the same time, it's it's a different style of golf. You either love it, you hate it. But now that Rusco is the sole owner of it hopefully the disc golf side of things can make some very good improvements to it but realistically i mean there's probably hundreds of acres there maybe 100 acres i think i was just reading through something very quickly but um they have the land to do awesome things and hopefully hopefully it gets done that way it's also a lot easier to maintain a disc golf course than it is a golf course so maybe he's just going to build like an incredible private mansion and just live there. You know, no, no disc golf. Just that's Jeremy also Rusko's not the home. worst idea. <laughs> if you got the money for it. So it's a rare time when I don't have more to talk about, but we are a show of five people and Evan just joined Evan. I'm putting this all on you. What else should we talk about tonight? Uh, I mean, I, I'm excited about uh, all sorts of tournaments happening throughout the world. So that's what I would love to do talk it. About, Let's do it. Let's bring to... some of that up now, because there are, as I think it was, 
Who said that? Was it Paul, Tristan? They're all saying, yeah, there's a lot of other events going on. And Juliana's with Corey and whoever else. So give it to us. Yeah, certainly. Well, let's start like let's start down there because uh, Juliana Corver, we, we we mentioned she won her 250th win. Um, it's her fourth continent. That's what you said when you introduced. No, this uh, is all from you. You get all the credit. Thank uh, you. Well, certainly, but you said it well. Uh, <laughs> and then you were questioning it. You're like, I I, I think it's four. Uh, that's what Evan told me. Uh, so yeah, North America, Europe, uh, Asia, and Oceania slash Australia. Uh, kind of historically has been known as Australia, but uh, I know in my learning it moved to Oceania uh, out in New Zealand. Uh, the last time she won in the Eastern Hemisphere was, uh, oh, I'm saying this off memory, but I believe it was 2001 at the World Games in Japan, uh, which that's incredible in the Eastern Hemisphere uh, being that side of the globe. I, I don't know how else to define that. Uh, but Corey Else uh, wins in MPO. It was actually a tight battle. He won two. Uh, he won by two strokes. It was tied going into the final round with Levi Stout, who is the highest rated player in New Zealand. Uh, he's also the highest ranked by the Statmando official rankings in New Zealand. Uh, Levi had a 1066 rated uh, round in round one of this tournament, which uh, according to the tour down under is the best ever round rating for a New Zealander. Uh, so that's great to see. Uh, he ends up uh, just losing by two strokes to Corey Ellis, who has now played two events outside the United States, the European Open last year, uh, and then this, the Taupo, Taupo yeah. Classic, if I'm pronouncing it she correctly. She tried to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certainly. So uh, Corey Ellis is now two for two uh, in wins. Uh, of course, the European Open being a little bit bigger, um, but this also being a great win for Corey Ellis uh, out there, uh, way across the world uh, in a different day. Uh, being Tuesday there as we record. Uh, that was a B tier. One other B tier I want to mention on that side of the globe is the Southeastern, Southeast. It just says SE. I'm kind of guessing, but Southeast Asia Disc Golf Championship. Um, Manabu Kajiyama wins that in MPO. We talked about him last week because he won the Asia Open uh, in Taiwan, and here he is winning event in Malaysia. Uh, what was really cool about this event is the number of uh, – different nationalities that won in all the divisions throughout this. Uh, so Manabu is from Japan. He wins an MPO. Uh, Jenna Shiashin Tan of Malaysia. Uh, hopefully I'm close on that pronunciation. Wins an FPO. Uh, in, M in MA1, there is a Finnish player from Finland who won an FA1, someone from the U.S. but currently lives or their current location is in Singapore. MA40 was someone from Estonia. MA3 was someone from the U.S. And MJ18 uh, was from China. And those were all the divisions offered or, or played. So um, a, a unique location or country for every single player. Of course, there's two U.S. players, but one was from Singapore. Uh, so that is really cool to see uh, in you know, disc golf being so popular around the globe. I get nerdy about that and love to talk about it. Uh, so I'll do one more event that's outside the U.S. Uh, before bringing it back to the one that Tristan Tanner won. Uh, but that is the MX uh, Disc Golf Championships in Sa <laughs> San Luis Potosi, uh, Mexico. Uh, I need to work on my uh, Spanish and uh, Mexican pronunciations, but uh, that was down in Mexico. Uh, Nicholas Culver wins an MPO in a playoff over Kevin Jones. Um, I I had this down as Nicholas Culver's first MPO win. I, I feel like I got to fact check that. I wrote it down, but um, th that is incredible. I, I know he hasn't played a pro major uh, before, and he's only played one disc golf pro tour elite event. Uh, which was back in 2020 at the Memorial, and he finished 86th outside of cash. Uh, but he beats Kevin Jones, who is the reigning champion uh, at this event. It looks like this has been around just for two years. Of course, Mexico is a uh, growing uh, disc golf um, a place now. Um, we talked to Paul McBeth, who put in a course down there. Uh, and seems like they're getting a lot more tournaments now, so it's really cool to see Kevin Jones. Luke Humphreys also made the trip down 
so great to see uh, disc golf growing in different countries. Uh, and I'll bring it to Arizona, which isn't that far off from Mexico. Uh, Tristan Tanner wins in a playoff over Andrew Marweed, uh, which it's great to see Andrew Marweed back to playing super well. He had a uh, drop out of the Shelly Sharp Memorial last weekend with, a, I think it was a back injury. Uh, so glad that is not serious and that he is uh, competing at a high level and almost won. Uh, but congratulations to Tristan Tanner. Well, he said it was his first A-tier win. It's also his only second pro win of his career. Of course, Nick, as you noted, he uh, spends a lot of his time on tour grinding away uh, and it's pretty hard to win on tour uh, so he has some good finishes but doesn't have a win quite yet on tour but gets his first a tier win uh, jennifer allen wins an fpo by 16 strokes uh, that's her 65th fpo win by 16 or more strokes and if you thought that was just her 65th fpo win and you didn't know there's gonna be that clarifier uh yeah that is insane she has now won the maricopa, maricopa open in back to back to back years uh, that's all I got, uh, but I, I went pretty fast. Hey. But if anyone has anything to comment on any of those, uh, I think it was five events I covered. The, uh, maybe it was just four. The chat uh, is chanting, Evan, we want more Evan. And I assured them when the season kicks off in full, you'll get the lead off of the show again if you want it. So, Yeah, certainly. I mean, we had a lot of good interviews today, so it, uh, it worked out well. <laughs> yeah. So we heard from lots of good people. It won't always be like that, but sometimes it is. Uh, and happy to share about disc golf uh, whenever it fits in the show. Absolutely. Yeah, today, yeah, people want more stats. It's good. It uh, balances a lot of our uninformed uh, opinions, Evan. Then you bring the actual facts, which is wonderful. Um, and your perspective on them is great as well. I mean, in today, you talked about interviews. Like, I'd have to do the math quick, and maybe I should, but like, how many world championships did we have represented in our interviews today? And then at the same time, we also have some of the, the younger up and comers, if we want to use that term. So quite, quite a balance on today's show. It's pretty cool. Did we have 12? How, how many world championships do we have? More well, mine is it's gotta be also uh Frisbee. Like that's a, that's yeah. a outlier. For yeah. Us. If you're, if you're counting like all 15. divisions, uh, Julian Korv has uh, five FPO world championships. She has six FPO majors. I know it's 11 total majors uh, for Julian. What about freestyle? I, I should have asked I don't, her. I don't know freestyle. Okay. Well, there's a uh, lot, but, yeah, Juliana Corp has won uh, the World Championships in uh, Amateur, Pro, uh, Pro Open, and Age Protected. Uh, she was the first player to do that, which is really cool to see. Wow. So that is, it's awesome. There's still disc golf going on. Tristan Tanner wins his first A tier. We get these other cool interviews. Um, I want to throw it over to Ben. He's resorted back to, I think it's the, the as Jonathan Poole said, like the after show blue type deal. Like you're like, dude, you're ramped up. Today is the day you slept in, you said. Yeah. Uh, we started the show off kind of with it. We were all there. You don't have to say anything else about it, but the floor is yours for any topic you want, Ben. I'm just putting it out there. About the expo? And anything. Anything. Uh, yeah. Hey, while, 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 ben, while, think for 15 it, seconds what you want to say. <laughs> Because I'm I'm just buying you time to think about what you want. Well, to say. I want to hop in. And I say wanted to throw out. Too, um, also, remember our connection. And so, Ben, we're coming back to you. Just get the gear spinning. Um, on this show, we talked to Doug Bjorkis. Nick, you mentioned the card, and then Brixton opened the card, and then they sent it to Doug. I met Jared at the yeah. expo. Yeah, also me too. So it's like yeah, shout out to Jared. That's his, so this Jared, is his second. Shout out. Second shout out in a row. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I, we shouted out 
him last last episode yeah yeah exactly that's when i found out about fun to meet him paul Macbeth card that's when i i met him there so yeah i'll see anyway all right well well, so sorry i'll I'll give you 15 more seconds i I wanted to say i i said nicholas (laughs) gover i i knew it wasn't right and i said it was his first pro win uh yeah it is not his first pro win it was his first a-tier win just along with tristan tanner um he has uh i can count it up real quick he had seven prior pro wins uh, but they were b and c tiers so Wanted to clarify myself so no one's like, oh my goodness, that guy, what does he even know? But All right, Ben, what do you got? Checker. What yep. do you got, Ben? Um, thanks to everyone who attended no. the expo. No, Ben, you run an awesome expo. You got I, I, I was telling this to Josh. I'm like, you know what? If I got to coach Ben on one thing, it's Ben. You gotta, you're a big man now. You have a lot of people looking at you, and you're running this awesome thing. You didn't have these answers prepared. So I... You got a lot of good things going. I want you to say some good things and really uh, appreciate and maybe say all the thanks or say all the uh, the good things that happened at the expo. Thanks for coming. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like that's okay. I was just gonna say thanks, <laughs> thanks everyone for coming. I, it feels weird what like me talking about like like what happened. Like it was Your it event? was it was incredible. Like it was just amazing the kratos the pixel drop there like in you know there's top pros is an incredible time and all i can say now is thanks because you know you guys made my dreams come true and now i can uh you know really start to you know i started as a measly little intern you know matt would take me out back and throw jerky (laughs) at me and lock me in his basement if i didn't do anything right in the beginning and then now it's not true (laughs) not true but i'm just saying like you know this show was a start of you know kind of me really getting passionate about you know doing things in disc golf and it led to this and i'm very grateful i feel like the luckiest man in the world other than um lou gehrig or whoever said that quote. Um, so second, maybe it's Mickey Man. No, it's Ted Williams. Um, we got there. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel very blessed and fortunate. And thanks to everyone. And it was incredible. I, I I think I'm just speechless. That's I don't really know what else to say. I did. I worked so hard for this for like six months straight. And I was so stressed. And people are so pleasant and wonderful to work with. Um, so it's just been. An incredible time and uh yeah That'll are do you planning friends. on 2025 already <laughs> that will do my friends yes. that was that was a much better answer than just thanks ben that wait good, evan yeah. that you cut me <laughs> off that's where i was going <laughs> this whole time i was going with thanks and then um uh, sure, sure I, wa- yep. I was um yeah no 2025 we're gonna do it bigger Oh, it was Lou Gehrig. So yeah. it was you guys maybe you, you guys maybe right. doubt myself. No, I just laughed. Okay. Yeah, it was a great quote. Um Jared Russell shot he, uh yeah. So twenty twenty five we're gonna do it bigger and better. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with venue wise, like but you know, the Boxboard Regency was incredible. Shout out to them. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to all the staggies. Bigger and better. Saying hi. You had a course at the hotel. Yeah. The hotel let you cut trees down or at least put in a course. Yeah, like, they're that's incredible. incredible. Yeah. Like that's I I when you said that about a hotel letting you do that, I was floored. <laughs> that was the most surprising thing to me. Not not people you getting Paul McBeth, all Simon Lazar, the Jeremy Colling, like, all these other people there. It's like, no, it's you getting a, a course, course around there was and in their lobby. Like it, there's people staying in the hotel and they're probably like, What is happening? They're incredible. There? Alicia, so. shout out Alicia and Christina. I mean, listen, here's the thing with with hotels and renting them. Thing. If they make money, they'll let you do things. 
So <laughs> as long as you're making them money with the concessions and people staying over, then they're like, yeah, like go ahead, jump in the pool, fully clothed. We don't care. Not, not that's really, like but a, that's like a general philosophy in all of capitalism. Yeah. They make money. Yeah. They will let you do things. Yeah. So and it's true. Yeah. So yeah, there's people playing the mini course at yeah. like 3 a.m. It was like incredible. So the MVP mini course was sneakily the highlight of the expo. I didn't realize how many people would actually enjoy it. And I am officially saying that the Northeast Disc Golf Expo has the number one mini course in the world. And I am going to take that with pride. It's it, And it's a fact. And people can debate me, but I, I think it's They're the number one. They're wrong. It's literally the Maple Hill of mini. Wow. This was a there you go. packed and fulfilling show tonight. Like a lot of good. Really cool. Um, I think we've made it to the end. It's been a full two hours. We started two minutes late. We're two minutes after nine. We're and two minutes over nine. Nick, you going to close this out per usual? Anybody else have anything to say before Nick does that? Take it over. All right. I'll thank close this out. Thank you for everyone coming to... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining in on this wonderful Monday night. Shout out to Disc Golf 978. We love them. Make sure to type in the code WeLove978. Uh, they'll get you some awesome things over at their website. And uh, once again, thank you, everybody. Uh, shout out to Ben, especially Northeast Disc Golf Expo. Shout out to everyone who went out to that event. It was awesome. And absolute pleasure to meet everybody. Don't forget to uh, like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube video. Be on the lookout for the live show that we did at the Expo. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us an awesome review. We love you guys. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Good call on that, Nick. A reminder, be on the lookout bonus for bonus content. content. We recorded a live bonus show. Content. come out later this week on both platforms, audio and video, YouTube. Um, ben, yes, somebody sir. came by the booth and said, I just really want Ben to sing. They said it, so give it to us. All right, ready? Yep. All right, give me, give me, it has to restart. Give me like five seconds, ready? Right here. Oh, oh, oh. It's a Nick and Matt show. Everybody Even wants not. to know. <laughs> it's a Nick and Matt show. Everybody has to go. Slowly fade us out. There so you go. All, all right, everybody, until next time. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Josh, you're awesome. Ben, you're it's awesome. Peace out, everybody. Peace. <laughs> Just look at me.